as anybody here we are we're going to talk about the tremors franchise that is to say the seven feature films around the tremors creature features i know there's a tv series and a tv pilot but we're gonna save that discussion for another day as of this date in 2021 there are seven tremors features and mr jason dubray and your host and random canadian larry parsons are going to have a little chat about all of them now, full disclosure, Jason and I have spoken about Tremors Bloodlines before, so that is going to be repurposed, that review from a previous episode, but you'll still have six brand new reviews of the Tremors franchise to fill your ears with. And my guess is that you might have some feedback for me, so you can send that feedback to rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-B-I-E-W at gmail.com. You should go into the podcast, as always, knowing that there's going to be some spoilers, and knowing that there'll likely be coarse language, most especially for me. The website is rankandreview.ca, and we are going to be going on hiatus for a little while after this episode, so if you need new things to put in your ears, check out the Shelf Shedding Movie Show, hosted by this week's guest, Mr. Jason Dubray. Check out Cobwebs, a gothic horror podcast. Um, another friend of the show hosts that, the Terror Table podcast. A Lifetime of Hallmark. These are all friendly podcasts to rank and review. So by liking them, you are showing me love as well. Let's talk about giant underground man-eating worms. Alright. We're going to recounting. I have Mr. Jason Dubray of the Shelf Shedding Movie Show here for the 200th episode of rank and review. This is a special occasion. Thank you for being here face to face. Even though it's the age of COVID, we're taking risks to mark an anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a big one. Congratulations on 200. I mean, I at, at the point that we're recording this, I produced 37 and uh, it takes a lot and so I'm thinking ah, it's a long way before I'm going to get to 200. <laughs> Um, but I love your show. I've told you that over the years. I, I, I love listening to every episode. And I feel like you've broadened my horizons as a movie fan, if you for know what I mean. For at least? For, well, for everything. Just, oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes if the packaging looked pretty, I would give it a little bit more, more room um, than uh, it's sort of a independent movie where everybody's putting their heart into it 
but it doesn't look the best. And sometimes I think I was a little bit hard on those right. in the past. And now I'm I'm looking for what's the intention of this movie, and is it successful in that regard? And now I'm I'm bringing that to my own podcast too. So that, I try to punch the same weight as the movie in a lot yeah. of ways. Like yeah. it's just like yeah. If you're Christopher Nolan and you got two hundred and fifty million dollars, I'm gonna I'm gonna grade you on a different scale, yes. and I think that's fair. I yeah. like, think that's just fair. Yeah, but it's weird. I also thank you for for, for kissing my ass there and, and complimenting the show. I'm very happy with the show too. I like it a lot, and I'm I'm glad that I've done this. Um, it's significant to me that it be the two hundredth episode that we talk about the Tremors franchise. I love. The Tremors franchise. Specifically, I love that first Tremors movie. And I thought I would use this as an opportunity to, I guess, this is not necessarily a full-on apology, but once upon a time, you and I discussed the 90s. We did a rank of the 90s horror movies. And uh, I listed Tremors as my number two movie. And I don't know why. Like, I, I heard it back on the playback. Like, you laughed and you said, is Tremors your number two? I Oh. And I felt, like, affronted. And my back got up. And you can actually hear my voice like, Tremors is my number two, motherfucker. Like, I get, like, totally, like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, defensive about it. Like, this is a personal thing. And I'm talking specifically about the 1990 original feature film. Yes. The sequels, I think I have grown to enjoy quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Especially now revisiting them with my kids. But... That singular experience of the first Tremors movie, it was, in a way, everything I wanted a horror movie to be, especially at the time that I saw it. I loved horror movies, but I didn't like to be traumatized by a horror movie. I liked to be excited and a little bit scared by it, but I didn't want it to fuck me up. Like, I wasn't like, yes. I wasn't looking for that yet. Sometimes I'm looking for that, but at that point in my life, I wasn't. And this razor balance that they have here where it's a funny movie, but it still is a creature feature. It's still a monster movie. It's still, like, I guess a horror movie in a lot of respects. There's giant monsters with tentacles coming out of their mouths and it's eating people. And uh, my dad took me to see it because I begged him to take me to see it. And I just loved the movie so much. And unlike so many things, especially in that era of the early 90s, that I loved so much... My opinion of Tremors has never wavered, like, <laughs> even a little bit. I have to admit, so much was powerful was my love for Tremors that when the sequels first started coming out, I watched them, but I was very arms-folded, mm -hmm. snooty about these direct-to-video. They weren't what I thought Tremors deserved. Mm -hmm. In a way, the, for me at the time, the best-case scenario was they just left it alone. There yeah. was no Tremors sequels, it just stood as it was. And uh, for what it's worth, it didn't completely die at the box office, but it wasn't in any way a huge hit. But this is one of those movies that, in spite not making much noise when it was released, everybody seems to be aware of yeah. Tremors. And they may not love it with the passion that I do, but everyone seems to be affectionately aware of the Graboids. <laughs> so, to me, it's kind of fitting that the 200th episode be Tremors. Yeah. The 100th episode was a Coen Brothers mm -hmm. episode. This is a Tremors episode. The first two movies that I bought when I started collecting movies in 1991 on VHS tape were Miller's Crossing by the Coen Brothers 
and Tremors. Hmm. Here we are in 2021, thousands of movies later and 200 episodes into the podcast. And yeah, I have a very direct, personal, passionate love relationship with Tremors. I put that on the table, so maybe my perception will be skewed going in. What's your relationship with Tremors? Well, and I'm sorry if I snarled at you during the <laughs> 90s episode. Well, I think, you know, this is uh, the 200th episode is very Canadian because we're apologizing yeah, to each other. Correct. Uh, I wanted to do a franchise episode with you, and we were talking about different ideas. And then um, I just, uh, uh, Shriekers Island came out. And was available to buy in uh, crystal cl- clear uh, Blu-ray. And thought, why don't we... It'd be great to do a Tremors franchise show. And as means of apologizing to you. Because I don't think when we were doing the 90s show that I knew you as well as I know you now. <laughs> and I didn't get the personal attachment you had. <laughs> the other thing was I was coming into that 90s show thinking they all had to be serious, dark violent extreme horror movies right and that the fact that tremors is is one that I, I i first time i saw it wasn't in a movie theater but i saw it in midnight on ctv or something and i was like wow this is really good and there's some serious consequences like major characters are being introduced and dying this is a really entertaining movie but i, I guess i never took it as seriously as when I was thinking Silence of the Lambs and Seven and uh, in the Blair Witch Project, movies like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Tremors was so different from from those ones. that That's why I, I think in the moment I just laughed and then I felt so horrible about that. And I wanted to revisit the Tremors movies uh, again and just kind of give you your chance to make a case for them <laughs> and the enormous cult, cult following yeah i mean I, I don't know what it made in in 1990 i think when it came out um it didn't lose money but no. it wasn't a monster hit no but we're talking about this 20 21 years later yeah right and um or or sorry 30 man i'm losing track of years 31 years later yeah yeah Holy wow. cow. We're uh, old. Yeah, we're old. 31 years later, we're still talking about it. And you can mention Tremors, and I've gone connected to like Twitter and all of these, you know, horror movie nerds. People love Tremors. Yeah. You know, it. Th- there is something about it when a million other horror movies have been forgotten that we're still talking about it's, this one. It's, it's still present. There is a very micro budget movie called The Battery. Believe it or not, it's a zombie movie. Shocker. That I watched it. And um, even in that movie, there's a bunch of survivors and they're radioing communiques back to them. And they're excited that they've found a functioning uh, television or DVD player and they're going to do a screening of Tremors tonight. <laughs> and then he starts going on. Have you ever seen it? It's got underground wor- wor- worms in it. And she responds over the radio. Oh, I'm aware of Tremors. <laughs> and I was like, I was already liking this movie, but and that now it's... completely sealed the deal for me, right? Um... Yeah, so big love for the first Tremors movie and, like, the balance. Like I said, like, they're ridiculous movies, but they play it usually at the best of times straight. I think usually when they falter is when they lean too hard into the goofy for me. Mm -hmm. That's usually when I start losing patience with it. Uh, I don't think the first movie has that problem at all. No. 
I think what the subsequent direct to video and well direct to streaming or whatever we have going forward, direct to DVD seems like such an archaic phrase now. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, um, I don't know what age we're in with movies. To be honest, I don't. The budget goes down when you when we go to the sequels, and you know it kind of chips away at it. And in some ways, as a Tremors fan, that hurts me. But in another way, it kind of is bear, bearing it down to its sort of pure throwback 50s B-movie sort mm-hmm. of essential qualities. In an, a weird way, another movie that I love from the 80s that I kind of equate to this, even though they're very different movies, is the remake of The Blob. Oh, I love that movie. Right? But it's, it. it's a ridiculous movie. It is. Yes. It's a completely ridiculous movie. But when you watch the movie, it's played completely straight <laughs> and i think that's a tougher you know menu to fill than you you'd realize you need to find actors that are game mm-hmm. you need to find actors that get it that is like yes you're in a big stupid monster movie but your character doesn't know that they're in a big <laughs> stupid monster movie and the script's winking but you're not winking right mm-hmm. you're still the character in this situation and again there's just Either it goes to the scary movie, sort of, eh, eh, look at this obvious wink satire thing, but too far. Or um, it it goes to undercut any kind of real stakes in the movie. Mm -hmm. So to get it right, to make it a fun, bouncy, but absurd creature adventure, I think it's a taller order than people give it credit for. And Mm -hmm. I think that might be another reason why it doesn't get included in lists like best horror movies of the 90s. But I don't think that comedy should be a stigma. Like I said, An American Werewolf in London ranked very high for me in the 80s horror list. And I think a good case could be made that that's at least as funny as it is scary. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't spoil the meal for me. But um, it gets trickier as we go forward. And I think it tests you, you, your metal as a Tremors fan going through these movies. So it's interesting. For me, I started off not liking these movies, kind of going in shields up. And then warming to them a little bit. And then revisiting them with my kids, kind of almost vicariously coming to just, I guess, in a way, give in to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's the right term. I'm just preparing you. I'm going to be pretty generous. I think more generous than I typically would be to uh, some of these movies. Then you'll you'll be expecting. I'll be... This is the second time for your podcast I've gone through the Tremors series with the exception of two movies. um, uh, A Cold Day in Hell and and, uh, Shrieker's Island were were not out when we uh, did did a a review... um, or which one is the South African Bloodlines. one? Yeah, Bloodlines, Bloodlines. yeah. Um, and so I, my due diligence was to watch all that and all the sequels in between. And I think I was... I, I think I had those, you know, my arms were folded and then like, <laughs> er, okay, there's Tremors and then there's a bunch of other movies. That's right. Called Tremors. This time I just totally rel- relaxed into this world and I had a much better time. Uh there will be a couple where I have a thumbs down review. Sure. <laughs> but most of them I, I would recommend to people. I'm not sure I was there last time I If I, you I know what you're getting into. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think I'm, you know, it wasn't that long ago that 
I don't know when we three years ago or however many years ago we did that 90s show but I I feel like I've softened on movies like the Tremors franchise since then right um but I'll raise my concerns about each one and I'm sure you will too as we go along but overall I think this is a celebration of of this series but I also want it to be a celebration of you in this podcast. And I'll be honest, I will call it a bad performance where there's a bad performance, and I will call it weakness where there is weaknesses. But, like, uh, let's be real. I also just wanted to say to our listeners, Jason and I have discussed Tremor's Bloodlines before in our Monsters episode, so I'm going to repurpose that review for this discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't have much more to add. I think the I listened to the review again. The only thing that I think we didn't really mention... Uh, and I don't think it's super important, is that in the Africa installment is the first time we see the Tremors have sort of got more prehistoric. They're a little bit larger, and the design on them have changed a little bit. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned that in the review, but for whatever reason, that design sort of sticks around going Mm -hmm. forward. But other than that, I completely stand by everything I said in that review from a few years ago. So I I think I would be a not softer. Right. Then... In my review, I was some very that, mean to Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> that that I'm I'm not apologizing for, but there's some other stuff which I found this time around watching it that I I liked more. So right. I'll, I'll maybe mention it a little bit more when we get to the ranks. So. Okay, good deal. Um, is that enough for an introduction? We kind of did quite the intro there. <laughs> All right. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now. How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? How could they eat a whole station wagon? But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! Penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Megaworms or suckers or or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. If I was to list movies in my life that I've seen the most, there's Jaws, there's the original Star Wars trilogy, and Ghostbusters would Mm -hmm. be on that list, probably. Maybe it's a little bit embarrassing to say, but true, Labyrinth is probably on that list. I watched the shit out of Labyrinth as a young. But... In the modern age of movies, maybe not counting my childhood, because by 1991 I was in high school and I was sort of becoming a movie guy. This is one of those movies that I can just go back to again and again and again. Mr. Dubray gave me a gift, a a 
glorious looking uh, Blu-ray of Tremors. <laughs> uh, and even though I've seen it, maybe into the triple digits, I don't even know. I, I will happily watch it again. I am over the moon and kind of just a complete hoe for the Tremors. Like, I just, I just love this movie. It's about a small town called Perfection in the middle of the desert that finds itself facing an unusual problem. <laughs> Strange underground creatures that the local uh, storekeep, Walter, named Graboids, have these weird tentacles that they shoot out of their mouth, they grab you and they hook you, and they pull you under the ground and they eat you. And the two people who are sort of thrust into the lead of heroes are Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, Val and Earl, the two local handymen. And real world, these small town guys, I don't know that I'd have much in common with them, but it was true from the very first time I watched the movie to the next time I watched the movie to the last time I watched the movie. I just love these guys. I like them so much. I don't know what the magic quality was, the the chemistry mm-hmm. between Fred Ward and, and Kevin Bacon. If it was just there in the script, if like if something magic happened, like if they were just putting actors together until they like they saw them, like it's kind of a bromance, but it's not about the bromance. But it's like we need to know and like these guys right away because yep. they're going to be thrust into a ridiculous adventure, and that is accomplished just brilliantly and also i mean all of the information that we're presented with whether we know it or not whether it seems obvious or not sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't comes up again later on in the plot when val and earl are doing the garbage and bragging about how no one does garbage like we do we also see the big grader the big tractor that they're going to be using to make their great escape when they're in the shop, Walter's shop, and the Coke machine, all of a sudden the fan goes off, fan belt goes off, and it makes a terrible noise, and he talks to them about fixing the machine, but they can't do that right now. That actually comes back into play later on, because one time when everyone's trying to be quiet, the fan goes off on the Coke machine, and it costs the group, right? It's amazing to me how... I've, I've, I've called... Movies like Black Sheep and others like Guilty Pleasure movies that smart, dumb, the script is. Because, like, they are actually setting up a lot of things, but not in a really obvious, in-your-face way. And they're doing it at service of, like I say, this B-movie monster construct. And nothing about the movie, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't work. In fact, the last time I watched the movie, I started to look for something that I was like... Okay, let's be put your critical hat on here. Find something negative to say about Tremors. I'm You're struggling. I'm really struggling. I'm not into country music, but I guess like it's completely appropriate to the soundtrack. And if you have Reba McIntyre in your you cast, have to. Yeah. you're gonna have to get a song out of her. Like it would be stupid not to. So like I'm not taking any points out of that. Like nobody in the cast is weak. I guess maybe the kid. The teenage kid yeah. who we get revisited later on in, in Tremors 3. Um, he is shrill, but again, the character is supposed to be shrill. And even that character gets character beats when his uncle dies in front of him. Yeah. Were he allowed to see his humanity for a second? Um, 
Bert knows how to manipulate him into running by giving him a gun without bullets in him. Like, the character still pays off. We don't necessarily like him, but we know him. Yeah, he's, he's not supposed to be likable, and I, I guess that's a clever follow-up in the sequels. Yeah. That he as an adult, he's an asshole. even bigger douchebag yeah. than he is in, in the movie. So Anyway, I've gone on and on in my prolonged introduction. <laughs> I fucking love Tremors, and I'm not going to change my mind. That's not going to happen here today. I, yeah. I don't think there's anything you can say or anyone can say to change my mind. Spoilers. It's number one on the list that we're going to talk what? about. What? No. <laughs> Heartbroken. So, jeez. Oh. I promise I won't get mad at you, but, Debray, what do you think of Tremors? <laughs> I think I've made my point. Really. Can you see my erection? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um, I think looking at... Five seconds into this movie, we are right away introduced to Kevin Bacon and, and Fred Ward. And, yeah, there is something about that chemistry. I mean, that this was the era kind of all through the 80s and then into the early 90s where we had these buddy movies. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't think they, you know, played up. You know, they would talk about Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and all of these other pairings uh, in action movies. But... Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, who knows why, they work so well on screen together. But they and, do. And I, they try to duplicate this in sequel after sequel in this franchise, and it doesn't work. No matter what. Bert has so many different pals and buddies along the way in being the, the character who carries the franchise forward. Yeah. But uh, it, it just doesn't work, and I, I don't think... Uh, it's just the writing. I don't think it's just uh, the directing. I don't think it's just... I mean, I have to credit the actors, I think. And, and I, I'm surprised that they didn't work together again at some point. Because that, you know, that looked like kind of gold. But maybe they didn't want to do it in some other project. And then it's a you know doesn't work. And then it's, it ruins... Uh, I don't think anything could ruin the legacy of Tremors, to be honest. Yeah, yeah uh, it's going to be the number one for me, too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't... I don't think that's shocking in the least. Look, a lot of people have turned around on Tremors. You know a surprising person who turned around on Tremors? Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he was he was negative about it, wasn't he? Well, at the time he was making the movie, he felt like his star was fading. He had a really successful 80s. Yeah. Like, even the low-paycheck movies he got at the beginning of the 80s, Animal House and Friday the 13th, were huge fucking movies, right? They were high-profile, right? Yeah. So. Um, he was doing well for a while, and now all of a sudden he feels like, I'm in this worm movie, right? And his wife was pregnant. Apparently, she gave birth while he was on set. He got called off set to go be with her while she was having a son. So I think it's one of those things that at the time, he was really stressed out. But now, looking back, it was actually a really amazing time in his life. Mm -hmm. Because he was all about doing this TV show and doing this new pilot again. And... He said, uh, I saw him interviewed, probably might even be for the set that you got me. Uh, he was talking about, like, it's one of the few movies of his that if he channel surfs into it, he may actually watch for a while. Mm. Usually he doesn't like watching himself, but Tremors can actually involve him. Wow. So I'm saying, if, if it can win Kevin Bacon back. <laughs> then it's going to win Jason Dubray. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. uh, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, some pretty talented people behind this, too. Like, Gail Ann Hurd was a producer. Yep. Now, 
she's I, I have that right that she's married to John Carpenter no she was no. married to James or, Cameron it was James Cameron oh yeah for a time yeah they are no longer married yeah but she's a but she I, she was in, wasn't she involved with Terminator like yep she yeah, produced the Terminator yeah. franchise I knew there was somebody big that she was married to yeah but she's a really good producer and Absolutely. I think she she maybe should be given a bit of credit here. And Underwood's Ron Underwood's direction is is terrific throughout. But he he did I like there's people in there the the dad from Family Ties and Reba McIntyre who thought to put those two together. Michael Gross as a crazed gun nut at the time that was completely stunt casting. <laughs> it was completely he played the liberal yeah. hippie on Family Ties, and then to be like the other end of the political spectrum. Um, and Victor Wong, I mean, obviously great. You know. Grab some really, really terrific people. They weren't A-list people at the time, um, but they worked well as this ensemble. I'm a bit of a sucker for movies, kind of southwestern types of movies, and one set in this abandoned town. Like, I guess one of my uh, one of the things I'm sad about in some of the sequels is they get far away from perfection. perfection. I, I like the stories that happen in perfection because. Um, it just feels like a really cool, like neat location for, for a film, and I, I never get tired of it being used. And I, I guess they they had to make it bigger and expand the world a little bit. But even uh, when they do, though, they go to another isolated community. Yeah. So they're always trying to refine perfection mm-hmm. in Africa or in northern Canada. <laughs> no, 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 nothing's better than perfection, though. No, so, they yeah. they started in the right spot. But I think the idea is this community is fully intact when we arrive. Like, it's such a small community that everybody knows each other yeah. almost by necessity, right? You so, can, like, 14 people in the yeah. town or whatever. Yeah. Like, everybody keeps an eye on each other because yeah. that's just how, how they do. But, uh, yeah. So, if you're going to change it up, like, I get the instinct. Well, let's see. Let's see Graboids in Mexico or Graboids in Africa. I guess the instinct is there, but, like to change the location but not change fundamentally what you're doing with the project will only remind us of the great movie that mm-hmm. we started mm-hmm. with. Yeah. I say if you're going to make a change, make a change. Yeah. Right? Um, yes, but we're talking about Tremors. Yeah. So you you can't find a flaw with the movie and I understand because it's a very personal. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll throw some things out there. Um, my list is pretty thin. <laughs> but... Maybe this is just my my issue here. I, I think some movies want to be R-rated, but they're sticking to the PG-13 model, and I think that's really the case with this franchise. And with Tremors, I think there's opportunities, and, and they, they pushed PG-13 as far as they could, I think, with kind of the gore and the violence. I, I watched this, and a, a few of them... Uh, my sister was in town. She 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 had never. I don't think she'd even heard of the Tremors <laughs> movies, and she was at the edge of her seat through this. So it, nice. the intensity worked, but some of the ways, like they give Kevin Bacon his one fuck, you know, yeah. and that's the only one they can use. But, but they earned they it. have Mother Hummers yeah. is used to avoid the R rating. So, so some of those pieces in there, I think. I don't know what what the advantage was or why they didn't go to R. And maybe it, it's fine because as you talk about it, like you can watch these movies with your kids right now yeah. and you don't feel too 
worried about it in the time, like the place you were at when you watched this in theaters. If it had been R, maybe you couldn't have. I it, don't like know. I said in the introduction, it's fun scary. It's not traumatizing scary. Yeah. Some of the later installments do get a little bit gorier, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, to defend the thing, the, the choice to go with the PG thing, um, typically I can be a little bit bloodthirsty with my creature movies. If you're making a monster movie, I want to see the monster, and the mm-hmm. monster's going to do bloody business. But I understand that this one's sort of going for that sweet spot where it's also a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they... A, they just, when they do give us that one, fuck you, yeah. and it's earned. Mm-hmm. And uh, they make it a character quirk of the Fred Ward character that if he ever says anything to untoward, he always says, pardon my French. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. it sort of becomes like this thing where everybody's almost out of just deferring to his personality, careful what they say around him, because pardon my French. <laughs> it's like they're just courteous to each other and like the, the, the love interest scientist yeah uh towards the end says pardon my french after she swears yeah says we're gonna to run him. like goddamn bastards pardon, pardon my, my french. french yeah <laughs> yeah but again like uh, and nothing's wasted in the movie that's another prime example of that like they use that for her character later on too here are the two other things um and feel free to to greatly disagree with me on this one. Oh, I'm going to play D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the music score feels very Back to the Future 80s to me. I, I actually found the score distracting. Picky point. I mean, I, I didn't seem inappropriate. Like I said, I'm not a country guy. It's sort of, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that twangy guitar to it. I don't mind some of that, but there was a little bit of like the action score felt, I don't know, if it, I don't know why it was Back to the Future reminded me of, but it, it felt a little bit like, and it was a studio produced film, so that, that I makes sense. I can agree with you to go so far as to say it's not a very sinister score. No. There's a few times where they're using, like, what's that? Is it a didgeridoo? Like, it's like, I think it's an Australian instrument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like a signifier that the tremor's around or it's just passed by. Yeah. And that kind of works for me because it's kind of got this weird alien sound to it. But for the most part, it just sort of seems countryfied and sort of regional and mm-hmm. appropriate. But it doesn't draw attention to itself. It's also, it's a weirdly, other than that one night sequence, it's a broad daylight movie. And I think they sort of act and feel like they don't go far beyond the premise as far as that. The monster's enough to scare you. They, they don't do a lot of like, wait for it, wait for it. Or they don't do a lot of like, oh, the music's coming up. Something's about to happen. Yeah. They, they, they're playing a different game yeah. here. Yeah, I, I think it was just the general... I, there was something about the music that just took me out. Of, like, I was in a different movie than the one I was in. Right. Um, I The country stuff, I didn't mind. And, yeah, I, I the, the sound that you're talking about with the didgeridoo, I didn't mind that either. But the general kind of action score just felt like it belonged in a different type of film, I guess. Um, and here's the one that's maybe a bit of a harder one. I, I, I've come around... Fortunately, I've come around on... Uh, on uh, Michael Gross, like I and like, if you didn't like him, I think the, the next six movies you. would be tough going. But this time around, I just I, I'm not I'm still not completely convinced that Reba McIntyre is that good in the film. <laughs> I, she's a a delightful presence to have, and my sister was like, Reba McIntyre's in this. Like she, um, I will say, nor is she bad particularly in the film. Like. She didn't stand out to me as bad. She doesn't have an awful lot to do. No. She does a lot of support work for, for Bert. 
I do like there's that one scene where she's cooling Bird off and walking and walking away and she's like playing along. Yeah, yeah, I know he thinks he knows everything, you know, like she sort of plays along to try and cool him out. But um, I think she's adequate to the job. Mm -hmm. I think that the producers rightly thought it was a good thing for the movie to have Reba McIntyre in it. And the fact that she expressed interest was like probably a lovely surprise for everyone. And a lot of times that stunt casting stands out mm -hmm. in a really ugly way. Whereas I would argue that wouldn't happen here. It didn't happen here. Uh, she didn't blow me away, but I wasn't like, oh, she's clearly not an actress. No, she can act yeah. for sure. And I've, in in the things that she does, her, her niche area, I think she's maybe a bit stronger right. than in this. But I, I, I mean, I, I remember being excited to see her in the movie initially. And maybe she brought some of like those... The country music songs they used were a little bit easier to get the rights to because she was involved with the movie. So from a producing point of view, it, it makes sense. And but the, that's all I have. Like, I really enjoy it. It's, it's I'm not a country fan, but Dropkick Me Jesus to the goalpost of light <laughs> is going to make me smile every time. <laughs> Finn Carter. Finn okay. Carter plays Rhonda Levesque. She's one of the few people in the movie that's not necessarily one of those recognizable faces. Like, whether or not you know Michael Gross, when you see him in this movie, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's Michael Gross. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, like the guy who plays Walter, um, Victor Wong. Victor Wong has been... Like, whether or not you know yeah. who we say when we say Victor Wong, if you're looking at a picture of Victor Wong, you go, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. I yeah. Mean, you know. For some reason, Finn Carter is the one member of the cast who hasn't seemed to achieve that notoriety. And I think she's awesome in the movie. And she Nothing kind of, she's still been working. I looked up her IMDb. She does a lot of TV. She's kind of one of these, in a way, enviable acting positions where she's been working fairly regularly, but kind of invisibly. But uh, I just wanted to shout yeah. her out. Both the character, like in that she's not overly sexualized. And she does, I guess, have one rescue me scene, but... I don't know. I feel like it's earned. She gets caught up in some barbed wire, and she, it's not that she's helpless. It's like uh, a traumatic situation sort mm -hmm. of presents itself, and everybody yeah. has to deal with it. It's not, you know, Hercules questing into the, the lair to rescue the maiden <laughs> fair, right? It's it's a different thing. And uh, I don't, she's the one name that always gets missed yeah. whenever I talk about Tremors, so I wanted to make sure to hit Finn Carter. Thanks for doing that. The other thing I want to cr credit, not just this movie, but the sequels with is um, female characters get in on the action all the time and uh, are very intelligent yep like they they don't have I mean it's a, a criticism of horror movies that they have uh, two-dimensional or one-dimensional females as basically objects for the male hero to have as a sexual object or a girlfriend or whatever I mean there's a, a bit of an earned romance in here. But uh, she can hold her own, and uh, uh, I, I appreciate that about, about the series. I don't think there would be too many arms crossed looking at this through the, you know, no. the Me Too lens. Generally speaking, with the exception of the Michael Gross characters, they don't tend to deal in, like overly familiar constructs especially with the female characters and i like not only are most of the female characters strong mm -hmm. but they're also equally up for grabs a lot of times in the movies if they have that alpha female character you're like oh she's safe nothing's gonna happen to her right <laughs> no tremors not always tremors will eat they'll, they'll eat a lot of people um yeah i don't know what more i can say about the original tremors i have reviewed it before on the podcast um it's a personal thing i know plenty of people like 
Tremors, and that's it. They watch it once and they put it behind them, and that's fine. That's a good thing. I have this special fascination with it. It's just... It was one of the movies that helped me to fall in love with movies. Yeah. It was a real triggering thing for me. And it was sort of crystallizing when what I'm looking for, in, in especially at that time in my life for horror. I wanted it to be scary, but I wanted to have fun. And mm-hmm. this movie just is that to a way that it's hard to compare. Yeah. I've watched it four times, and it's a lot of fun. But it also has some, some real scares. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a worthwhile film. It just... Unfortunately, didn't make my list of the not quite the best of the 90s. 90s horror movies. <laughs> Bert, Bert, you okay? Bert. I feel I was denied critical need-to-know information. Come on, Bert, what happened? Well, when the radios went out, I decided to return to the refinery. But en route, I find I'm in an ambush situation. Must have been a couple of dozen of these things. Well, I dropped the first wave with semi-auto fire, but they just kept coming. Sheer luck, most of them were in front of the truck, so I just popped it in the sixth wheel and ran them down. Ones that got on board, I handled with a combination of small arms fire and hand-to-hand techniques. I am completely out of ammo. That's never happened to me before. Okay. Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Um, Fred Ward is involved in this production. Um, and it's directed by S.S. Wilson, who was one of the co-writers yep. of the original. And the co-writers stay on. And this duo, whether or not they're writing or producing, they seem to have some some kind of hand in the Tremors franchise as we move forward. To whatever limited degree. Um so one of my big complaints about it when I was younger is this isn't what it should be or this isn't true to Tremors. I guess that argument is a little bit moot because it's sort of like the Hannibal Lecter thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, as a fan of Hannibal Lecter, didn't want Hannibal and, and you know... Red Dragon and... I didn't want Hannibal to like hook up with uh, oh. Clarice Starling and have adventures with her together as a couple. It's not something that I ever wanted for him or for that series. But that's what the author wanted. And I guess whether or not that's what I wanted, I'm going to have to just live with it. So I guess to that same extent here, we're going to see the new evolution in the Tremors monster. And it's going to continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. And younger Larry was very committed to the Graboid. The whole land shark premise. The whole floor is lava thing that, that, that Tremors really established. That sort of lit up my imagination. I didn't really feel the need to, you know, you had a good thing there. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't need to make a sequel at all. But if you are going to make a sequel, be respectful, damn it. So, yes, when I watched this movie in the 90s, I was not very kind to it. And it just sort of felt that was a cheap, you know, they wanted to make money off of people. And they did. And I was one of those people. And gah. (laughs) Upon revisiting it, I find a lot more charm to the movie. And I think that a lot of it has to do with 
what your approach is. What do you want out of Tremors 2 Aftershocks? What are you hoping to get out of this movie, okay? It's half the budget of the original film. Mm -hmm. And they've changed the location of Mexico. There's a, 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 a oil company that has been losing workers on the fields. Things are shutting down. The money taps are closing. And they need to deal with these graboids. And the only people they know of who's ever dealt with them are Val and Earl. And Val's married, presumably, to Finn Carter, I'm going to say, in my... in my it must be, yeah. In my head canon, that's what's happening. They're making cute little, little babies somewhere. And so he's not interested in endangering his life. But Fred Ward has not managed his money well at all. <laughs> and, he missed out on some opportunities. Yes. Yeah. He missed out on some opportunities. Other people made made money off of him and off of his story, but he is like a failed alpaca farmer and just as or maybe even more pathetic than he was. I will argue more pathetic because he doesn't yes. have his buddy with him. He's no. kind of sad. So partly because he needs money and partly because maybe he doesn't have much to lose, he agrees to go to hunt these creatures in Mexico for, what is it, like... Was it 20 grand a head? Something, some ridiculous mm -hmm, figure anyway. Mm -hmm. He was going to get rich quick doing this. Yeah. And because he dealt with them before, he'd had come up with a pretty clever way of hunting them. He uses remote control cars with C4 attached to them. When they grab the car, he triggers the explosive. Shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem. Uh, he gets uh, a buddy, a very obvious Kevin Bacon light replacement can't remember the name of the character or the name of the actor as I'm speaking, which sort of speaks to the strength of both. But I say that as uncanny as it sounds. He's not terrible either. He's just, because you you know him as like the stand-in, he might as well be a cardboard cutout where Kevin Bacon is supposed to be. Uh, it, it's yeah. He becomes a very dismissible character for that. I keep I spent the whole movie waiting for him to die. Actually, I remember the <laughs> no. first time, and it yeah. kept on no. not happening. No. no, no, we're gonna we we're supposed to like him for some reason. Grady Hoover is the character's name. Chris Garton is the actor. Yes. Well, my apologies to my apologies to Chris Garton. I'm, again, I'm sure yeah. he's fine. It, it well, was, he, it, I know I had a problem with him too. A mm -hmm. lot of it is my attitude towards the movie, especially the first time I watched it. But <laughs> twist. The graboids change. Mm -hmm. They evolve. They find a gutted graboid has turned into these three other creatures, shriekers, who are now able to hunt through heat signature. And they realize right away they're in over their head. Good thing they called in Burt Gummer for backup. Look, it's not a great movie, but I will say it's actually a good movie. Mm -hmm. For what it is. Like... The, the special effects are a little bit early 90s computery, but at least it's the early 90s. If this was the early 2000s, I'd be a little bit harder on it, <laughs> okay? Yeah. But it's the early 90s. And uh, I went with it. Um, there are supporting characters that you flag right away. Oh, you're an asshole and you're going to die. Oh, you're an exposition machine and once you finish your exposition, you're going to die. And you're absolutely right about everything and all of that. But Unfortunately, you're Mexican, you die in this particular film. <laughs> Yes, that is true, but uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm not even going to defend it. It's true. Yeah, it's just yeah. a true fact. Uh, yeah. But it was the mid '96. It looks like so. I don't think yeah, they were going to kill yeah. Fred Ward. I think I would have been mad if they killed Fred Ward, and most of the other characters were Mexicans. <laughs> but anyway, you're right. The Caucasian people survived in, in this movie. I'm not going to fight you on it, um, but I am going to say 
I've softened significantly on it. And when I was watching it with my kids, this broke my heart a little bit. Hmm. Both of them agreed that they like Tremors 2 more than Tremors. And it was everything to do with Burt Gummer. Okay. <laughs> but like, uh, they got uh, so yeah. excited by the... There's a scene where they, they, we think Burt Gummer's been left for dead. And he comes oh, yeah. back and he's covered with gore and he's sh- shot every single bullet that he's had. And he's furious because he wasn't given enough information. Which and, is a catchphrase throughout the series. Yeah, he keeps yeah. on coming back yeah. to this later on. Um, I was denied valuable information. Um, it's fun. It's fun. It does the job mm-hmm. as a cheap monster movie. It is exactly what it says it is. Don't fight it and you will have fun. Yeah. And when your kids are in their 40s and they look at this over again, they'll go, yeah, Tremors is better than Tremors 2, but that's, <laughs> that, that's fine for that's now. That's the benefit Just, of youth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I revisit movies, I realize the ones that I didn't like were better than I thought and ones that I thought were just amazing are a little bit more down to earth but I I, I like Tremors 2 Aftershock I, I kind of wish they'd stayed in perfection for the sequel but it still kind of got that southwest vibe and uh, it, 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 on the whole it works well um, I'm glad Fred Ward stayed on for another movie uh, I mean he plays some moments quite big but Going forward, I need to realize, like, it's, and this is less of a cartoon than some of the chapters we'll talk about soon. Yeah. But that's just how, that's that's kind of what, what it is going forward here. And I think the actors were up for it. I like Helen Schaefer. Um, really good kind of uh, even 70s, 80s uh, horror movie character. Yeah. Like, she was in Amityville Horror and... Um, I think Tales from the Dark Side movie, I think. Yeah, um, yeah and, and she's she's kind of the... No, she isn't kind of. She is the love interest for, for Fred Ward. Uh, he they, didn't realize it's been his basically love, uh, for, sexual obsession yeah. of his entire life. Yeah, that, that, that's the closest they come to sexualizing a woman because they have kind of this 1976 playboy centerfold thing. But again, that, it's in a playful but it's, way. But, but, it, and it has a purpose. Yeah. It isn't just... Exploitation, and or... there's not some like gratuitous titty or beaver shot or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There's kind of this sort of yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of sweet. Yeah, and it's again here we have an action series which they they kind of among all the action, everything that's going on, they have a, a romance between a middle aged couple. Yeah, you know which no nobody was doing. So I mean, I I think as I look at it, like there's some fairly progressive things. It just wasn't apparent, and particularly, at, you know, how six many, years after you saw Tremors in theater and were blown away by it, that... How many horror movies about a guy in his mid, midlife, like 50, early 50s, yeah. you know, trying to uh, you know, make peace to the fact that he's not where he wants to be? Basically, the arc of the movie isn't necessarily the Tremors are back and we destroy the Tremors. The arc of the movie is Fred Ward's character is lonely and miserable mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, and at the end of the movie, he is no longer lonely or miserable. And same with, like, Burt Gummer is, like, he's ma- he's making it out like he has all, he's really busy with all of these things, but he's kind of sitting at home doing nothing. He's been divorced. And he's so happy to be able to, well, and he hasn't really been honest in, about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, what's her, Reba McIntyre's left him. Yeah. Forget her character name, but he's got uh, this idea. It's just been an ongoing separation, but you get the idea that the separation has been 
many years. She went to visit some, yeah, some aunt or something, but, you know, that's... She ain't the case. coming so, back, and everybody. So knows I, I do feel like that that theme kind of resonates. So it is a much better straight to video second chapter in the series than maybe it has any right to be. Yeah. Um, I I think I there are a few things I'm a little bit resistant to, and some other chapters surprised me later on right. a bit more. So this one's maybe a little bit more in the middle than I expected it initially to be, but. I, I like Tremors too. I mean, I I wouldn't steer anybody away from it now that I have a bit of perspective on the whole franchise to this point. So. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing that my kids connected to is that um, the movie values brains over brawn in mm-hmm. a way. Like, yeah, Burt Cummer's like a shit kicker, you know, redneck guy with a lot of guns, but. They have to figure out what the new variations of the creatures, what they do, mm-hmm. and how you can best defend yourself from it and uh with each new iteration going forward uh you know it's sort of how quickly you're able to adapt that yeah. that becomes rewarded it's not not how brave you are or well, how and the graboids in it was established in tremors that they blind. get smarter as they go along yeah. and the shriekers are no different and then of course we're going to start talking about ass blasters in yeah. our next uh film so i kind of appreciate that the creatures get smarter they aren't just one thing that they're just creatures to be blown up by by the characters. And then the characters have to regroup and think about what to do. So there is intelligence in, in those aspects of the screenplays and the series, even if... It increases their threat yeah. that, they, that they get smarter. Yeah. Um, even if the comedy, to me, and some of the, that stuff doesn't work going forward, this, I, I can cling on to that. This might have the best percentage of Bert for me as far as what mm-hmm. you want in a Tremors movie. Mm-hmm. I controversially, as much as I like Michael Gross and like the character, yeah. I think for me, Bert works better as a supporting player. Mm-hmm. Um, Your kids won't like that. The kids, my kids would fight me on this yeah. and will fight me on this. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the first time I went through the movies. I was thinking. I, I was getting annoyed by him. Right. This time I was just relaxed with it because I knew you what know was what you're coming. getting. Yeah. Once you, you kind and of, I, I appreciated. And yeah. I mean that, that guy, and I'll be seeing it probably throughout. I mean, he's a sport. Yeah. I mean, he he knows exactly what he's doing, um, and has kept him working yeah. in film for. He's in his 70s, way longer man. than a sitcom dad normally gets to work. So that's right, and I. It wouldn't have been terrible for him to be known as the dad from Family Ties, but no. I think it's better for him to be known as Bert Gummer, or even better for him to be known as both. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shows his range. But um, I think, especially in this movie, like we don't get him for almost yeah. the first half of the movie. So when we get him, it's like, yay, Bert's here. And then when we get those Bert payoffs, it's like, we're not we're not grounded in that place, you know. In this movie structurally it would almost make sense if they had killed Bert off in that moment. I didn't believe for a second that they were going to do no, that. Never, no. But uh like he wasn't the main character of the franchise yet. And uh I think that has pluses and minuses going forward. I think like again if I don't know who your main character is going to be and I think it would kind of suck if we needed to reinvent a main character for every chapter. And I get mm-hmm. you got Michael Gross, he's going to be your tether to from movie to movie. Just embrace that, but 
there's something about that character because he is a cartoon he rides the line i understand why when people are writing for burt gummer we get things like the lion cage and bloodlines where where Mm. it's just like they they hit the stereotype too hard and then we can't be scared or it stops being fun and starts being silly Anytime we get too aware of how silly this all is, mm-hmm. it falls it's, apart. It doesn't work, yeah. And uh, it doesn't do that in Tremors Yeah. Too. One more thing. Yep. Picky thing. A character disappears from the movie completely. Mm-hmm. The, the head of that oil company. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know what happens to him. I also don't know how they get paid for all of this because nobody's there at the end. Um, You're right to point it out. A uh, similar thing happens in the next movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> In perfection, Nevada. Go, go! There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Can't run a business where your customers get eaten. Tremors 3, back to perfection. This time, they've mutated into the perfect killing machine. Great. Graboid? What? Are you kidding? For real? Now, only one team can stop these beasts. Michael Gross returns as Burt Gummer, upset survivalist. And people call me paranoid. Jack Sawyer, trusted sidekick. You do know which end the bullets come out of. I've seen movies. Jody Chang, second generation grocer. So this is really serious. I keep trying to tell you. These three warriors face the ultimate challenge. Tremors 3, back to perfection. That's why we're at the top of the food chain. So I recently reviewed, actually, this movie for my threequels episode. So, I mean, I've already been on the record about Tremors 3, back to perfection. um, In that, I think it takes us back to the first movie very directly. And there's very obvious pluses and minuses to that i think the biggest plus for me is ariana richards i didn't mention her this time around when we talked about the first review in that movie she's the cute little blonde girl in the pogo stick but i've always thought of tremors as her practice for jurassic park (laughs) she she, her practice monster movie for when she did jurassic park a Mm -hmm. year or two later but she kind of comes back and She's not really the main, main character of the movie, but she's kind of one of our, our, our more clean connective tissues. Like, you feel like things should have gone better for her subsequently to the previous Tremors movie, but her mom is still poor. She can't afford to go to college. Mm-hmm. Instead of loving the small town, of charming town of perfection, she now kind of feels trapped there. Mm-hmm. And there's this scuzzy guy, Jack Sawyer, shows up into town, and he's giving tours and trying to show people the dangerous terrain that is graboid country mm-hmm. and make a cheap buck off of this community and sort of insinuate himself into it. Him and his idiot friend there who does yeah. the, the, the scare effects for, for him. So, yeah. Yeah. And they did a sort of nice passing of the torch for Walter's uh, re- uh, or restaurant. Sorry, it's a local store. It's not a restaurant. Um, but... The, His granddaughter's now running the store. Yeah, the convenience store. It stayed yeah. in the family. And we're going to find out like that the store's been in the family literally for generations. Because <laughs> we're going to go in the prequel going yeah. back. But I don't know. I didn't mind that. I, I always liked Walter. Whenever whenever mm-hmm. that scene comes up and Walter dies. And oh, Trevor's it's a it's tough like, one. No, Walter. No. Yeah, yeah we didn't talk. In, in, we talked about it a long time for Tremors. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just like Victor Wong. And, you know. 
he, he still creates love, lovable characters, but we love all of these characters to the point that uh, Miguel, one of the yes, characters who survived hurts. the first movie, yeah. and he's in the second movie, and in both movies he's just there, like he has like yeah. a dozen lines in both movies, and most of them are like, um, "Yeah, I'll get something for you." Like it's like very tertiary character, and yet when you know he goes over the radio and informs everybody that they got Miguel. Really hurts. You're like, ah, dude, not Miguel. Shit. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how we are kind of affectionate towards these characters, <laughs> no matter how small and peripheral. And like, the movie works better than it should. I will go on the record. I've said it before. It's unpopular, but it's true. The ass blasters was never something I wanted for the show. Like. <laughs> Even if they wanted to do that creature design, the fact that they're called the Ass Blasters and that it just opened up this whole can of worm for fart jokes that the movies just ah, didn't necessarily yeah. need. You know, and, I'm not a fan of the... And, yeah, but they're also yeah. just clearly, of all the three creature permutations of this, the least interesting. Yeah. They fly. They fly and and they're the feature of this movie, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the next step. And yeah, I do think, I mean, one of the thing that, things that's kind of fun is that the characters through their casual conversation end up naming, like the Graboids came from a conversation in Tremors yeah, well, and somebody that like, everybody knows that these are Graboids. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so they, they try to play on that here with, oh, it's some, it's blasting from its ass or something. There's some conversation like that and that's how it gets its name. But the fact that that's the name that gets, you know, we, we deal with for the next however many movies is is kind of too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like revisiting the characters from the first movie. I like that part. I mean, I, 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 I guess as far as a complaint I had a, a little bit with the, the Ariana Richards, the Mindy, she seems like a, a bit of a flake. Doesn't she? Well, I mean, I imagine myself growing up in a town of 15 people, especially when you become like a teenager mm-hmm. and you've got that. And there's like, one dude there that's yeah. attractive. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like in a lesser movie that would have turned into some sort of that was the, the romance of the movie. Right. But they went in a different direction. Predictable direction, probably. I mean, with uh, Walter's granddaughter there. Um and she gets in on the action. Susan Ch- Chung is her name. Jody Chang is the character. But um, and so I mean, this was along the lines of the the women are front and center. It's not just Bert and whoever the Kevin Bacon substitute is for each film. Uh, I was trying to that. reconcile. I don't know if this is an Asian stereotype or not, but her very frugal. Business practices? Mm, mm, Is that... Like, again, I don't think they were making a statement. I do think they were trying to be funny, but, like, I didn't know how to take it, I guess. But the thing I thought, giving the movie more credit than maybe it deserved at the time, I don't know, is that she was trying to move that business out of being, like, uh, for a town of 15 people into moving towards the 21st century... Uh, and so she was trying to develop herself as a businesswoman and, and this was kind of the stuff that she was doing. And so the idea of kind of lending things out, I, I think she realized what, um, 
what's his name again? Sawyer. De- Desert Jack Sawyer. Yeah. What he was, which is basically a con artist. But he's going to And then when he makes his money, he's leaving town and he's going to leave her with the bill. So that's where I think some of that came from. And she also knows he's going to bring business to her. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I get that they were, there was dimension, right? That wasn't her defining characteristic. She also kicked ass when she needed to kick yes. ass. And she was also a strong Solve character. problems. There's just something about it. Like, it felt like they were, whether intentionally or not, sort of flirting with a stereotype, maybe. Maybe? maybe. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't completely disagree, but I, I might defend... I wasn't offended by it. I yeah. just clocked it. I just clocked yeah. it. No. I don't want to make a big issue of it. Um, yeah. There are other things. Um, they have this subplot with Michael Gross's watch. And where I complimented the writing in the first movie, how they were really sneaky about like working things into it, mm-hmm. this is something that I was just so fucking far ahead of. And the movie really wanted to be clever, really mm-hmm. wanted to have me figure it out. Like, yeah, it's clocking you because of your watch. I get it. Like, thing. Maybe it's because I was trained from the, like, no little de- detail is unimportant from yeah. the first movie. But it was just like, I really felt that. And um, I guess the one I didn't get is, like, why were they bothering with this albino tremors? Like, what was the point of the albino worm? And Yeah. No, there was a plot there point was. to that. Yeah. Uh, if they keep the uh, relatively ha- harmless graboid albino thing, which apparently is not going to uh, erupt into uh, shriekers, they've determined somehow, that... <laughs> They won't further develop the land, and perfection will remain perfection. They they can't reproduce, or I, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure the logic behind that. But again, but, or if that's good for perfection, because don't they want to develop perfection to a limited degree to increase the business to you know the the store and to the, the community? I don't know. But they stopped the asshole guy from coming in and building a bunch of condos, which was really evil for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. who is the teenage boy from yeah. the first movie. Playing, yeah, um, playing the same character the same way. Yeah, um, again, but doing exactly what's asked of him. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that's the payoff there with these albino. I, I found it strange where, like, Bert wants to shoot and blow up everything that... Suddenly, like this, this, this one graboid is his friend at the end of the movie, and he's gonna make sure that nobody comes in here and messes with our our land. But I maybe that's a bit of a and perhaps a stereotype about small towns. They don't they don't they, like they're change. happy with how things are. They don't like change. They would rather the graboids yet, as a change. Yet than they've the been big concerned. City money. They've been concerned that the town's gonna disappear. At some point, if if people leave, because they were, I, they tried to find ways to keep in the first film to keep Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward from moving on to the next town, where things probably would have been better for them. But uh, yeah. you know, but, I think yeah. somehow the CG actually got a little worse for the third movie. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. There's a protracted scene in a junkyard where they're sort of being dive bombed by the shriekers yeah. and there's a real noticeable look like when the shriekers jammed in the window biting at it there's a puppet there and you're like oh creature effects yeah, yeah there I it like is. that yeah. and then they cut to one of them flying in the sky and you're like cartoon it looks bad and yeah. um well if almost to the point where if they just stuck with the bad cgi i would have went with it but every now and then they would cut to better practical effects mm-hmm. and the the difference between the two things took me out of it. In- yeah, I didn't clock why I was, and then I was like, put. Was I like, know how bad it was, but I was like, I'm ignoring this because this is a straight to video movie from uh, 
the nineties, right, or whatever. But you can almost clock I, it like wide shot, bad, close up, yeah, good. Wide shot, yeah. bad, close up, good. Yeah, and I, I was just because the the practical effects were so good in Tremors, I kind of would it not help their budget, or is it worse for their budget? Is it cheaper to put in the the computer effects because they do stand out like kind of like flying saucers in an Ed Wood movie. Yeah. You know, um, they don't take me out of the movie completely, but they, it, it's certainly something that, like if you show this to, to younger audiences, and I don't know how, how your boys felt about it, they'd be like, that looks so fake or that looks stupid. I don't think they were fooled by it, yeah. but I don't think they were bothered by it. Mm-hmm. That's fine then. Um, yeah. I think we're in this uncanny valley area. I think in another 10 years, It'll almost be exactly like watching an Ed Wood movie, where you can basically see the wires holding up yeah. the UFOs or whatever, yeah. and that will make it charming in its own yes, right. Yes, it will be, yeah. Um, but it's weird. Going back to the Blob movie I talked about in the yeah. cutting-edge special effect movie of the 80s, but you can still see the cracks on it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how a cutting-edge movie, Independence Day, that's almost a better example because mm-hmm. it's exactly that. It's a big budget version of a, a cheesy B sci fi movie. Those were amazing cutting edge special effects. But you watch Independence Day today and it's very computery mm-hmm. in a kind of charming throwback way. I don't think that the, the, the creatures in Tremors 3 have made it there, no. but I think they might actually get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, where it becomes like watching the old Harry Haslam stop motion thing, like you're not fooled by it, but you're charmed by it. But... Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I mean, what I like about this movie is they went back to perfection as the title promised. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to revisit the characters. I, I don't know that this is as good as one or even two not on um, the script level yeah. not on the script level and i mean it the action is fine it entertained me enough i wouldn't steer people away from it but uh so far like one two and three diminishing returns each time it's um, almost too reliant on your love of the original yeah there's, there's yeah there's winks and nods all over the place i mean yeah, they'll, they'll mention something and then, like, oh, that reminds us of the first movie, which was so much better. <laughs> uh, and every situation here is, is, is so much better in the first one. Yet, I'm happy to see that they actually, like, cared enough to remember the secondary characters from the first movie. And at least they make an appearance and some people have a lot more screen time in, in this movie. There's a team of government researchers who vanished from the movie, as mentioned. Yes. Well, well, well don't they get attacked by, yeah. and then that steers There's them off completely? There's one lone guy, but you really get the feeling like there was a scene deleted. Like, these guys had a card to play in the script that they either couldn't afford to or chose to cut for some reason <laughs> or another. And I also want to give props to a sequence that I think, as a concept for a Tremors movie, is as good as any of the sequels have come up with. Where Bert is actually swallowed mm-hmm. by one of the creatures, but he's got enough air to radio the guy to say, yes. get it to my house. And yes. hits the barricade and he gets chainsawed out of this thing. I and mean, he's covered in goo, which is... Yeah, and we, somehow we the chainsaw him. doesn't cut him. There's a lot of yeah, buts, yeah, buts, yeah, buts. Yeah, if you think but, too hard about it, it's... Look, if you fight any of these movies, you're going to win. But 
the idea that Bert Gummer is such a badass that he could be swallowed whole by a graboid and still have fight in him, I think is pretty awesome. That's pretty and there's a payoff in the later <laughs> chapter referencing that that incident, yeah. you know, uh, to a greater or lesser degree, but it's still. There's still follow-up in these movies. He knows Graboids inside and, and out. out yeah. um, and you know that sequence almost sort of appealed to the little kid in me. Like, mm-hmm. if there was a sequel that was the sequel that I wanted to Tremors, maybe that sequence would have been in it, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about Back to Perfection? No. I, I feel like I've done short shrift, but I have I, very recently I, I, talked I, I about I mean, it. I heard your review with Scott. Yeah. And I, I think you were, you know... Uh, and, and he was pretty hard on it. I yeah. think I was playing. Uh, I, I I like I it. I, I like it more than he seems to like it in that review. Right. Um. But you know, it's it's you know it it's not as good. But there are worse in this series. I don't think anyone's hearing the same level of passion from me that they heard in the first. Movie. Not so much. No. And I'm kind of in between two myself. So. Unexplained noises, unusual disturbances, and unnatural sounds will finally surface. They're coming! Now, to battle the worst of the worst... Are they following us? This small town will recruit the best... You're gonna hire a gunfight. Who might you be, sir? Black hand, Kelly? Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, the exciting feature-length prequel to the smash hit Tremors, starring original cast member Michael Gross. We stand our ground and fight to the death. With extras you can't miss. You missed with a cannon! Was that them? Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. So, I think everybody correctly felt that it was time to shake things up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when you're going to do a mix of a genre, I mean, there are it's already a horror comedy, which is mixing genres anyway, but now it's a horror western horror comedy. Right there, you got like a lot of balls in the air, a lot of, a lot of masters being served. And when you're going to mix a genre, you kind of want to ask yourself, like, do they complement each other? What what works about it? Like, I, I'm a fan of the horror Western, but mm-hmm. I acknowledge it's incredibly niche. <laughs> and then I also have to ask this question, like, what is it that we like about the Tremors franchise? We like the creature effects. And I guess increasingly we're being asked to follow Burt Gummer. So... Watching it with my boys especially, I think my boys were a little bit put back that they don't get Burt Gummer. Maybe they get a little teaser Burt Gummer in the final seconds of the movie, but Mm -hmm. this is him playing a very straight, very different character, which might have been a nice break for Michael Gross. I think so. We're still in perfection, but it's at this point, I believe, called, was it Redemption? No, no, it was was a more pessimistic... um, Desolation or something? It's got a really negative name. I'll get it right away here. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the, sort of the seeds of the town, even as we understood it from the 1990 movie, are somehow represented here. There's an old Fred 
J.E. Freeman, an actor that's worked with the Coen brothers, plays old Fred in this movie, and we had an old Fred in the original movie. And I feel like the Asian family that is running the town store, or like Walter would be a descendant mm-hmm. of theirs, and like they're so they're trying to have their cake and eat it to to a certain degree. In a town of rejection, rejection, which I should you. have had, yeah, rejection, yeah. perfection, yeah, rejection, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank Which is you. a bit on the nose. Thank, but thank you for getting us there. <laughs> I'm even going to leave the struggle so that everybody could... There was somebody <laughs> screaming the answer at the... Uh, so I, I appreciate that they're changing it up, but there's also playing it safe. I like that they kept Michael Gross, but they're keeping Michael Gross, but leaving the character, which is kind of the driving reason that, that we're on board. I guess what I'm asking is, do you think they changed the game too much? Is that like, is this their version of Jason in space, where like, yeah, you you fuck with the formula, you fuck with the formula, but now this doesn't necessarily feel Tremors anymore. I also have a controversial opinion of the actor Billy Drago. Yeah. Uh, he was good in this movie called The Untouchables mm-hmm. because he plays a really sinister character and he's got like five or six lines. And I think he's got a couple of good scenes here. But I think generally, as an actor, he's terrible. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I can't sugarcoat it. I've just never been impressed. I feel him acting. I don't even, I don't even, I can't even articulate why. So there's something about that actor in particular. And uh, he plays a hired gun. Uh, Michael Gross's character owns a mine and the mine's being shut down because they discovered graboids and they're killing all of the workers and terrifying people away. So he shows up and he's acting all hoity-toity he's, and yeah. very dismissive of all the town people. The only person he's very, even slightly warm to is the, the little Asian boy uh, who kind of have a little bond with. But yeah. uh, his character has to grow a lot through the the course of mm-hmm. the movie. And that's another thing about this chapter more than the other ones. that It used to bother me. It bothers me less upon revisiting. But more than any of the other ones, this feels comfortable with taking its time. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that they've borrowed from the Western milieu. Yeah. And that is the thing that maybe works the least comfortably within the Tremors environment. Mm-hmm. In the end of the day, what do I think of Back to the Perfection? I used to think it was the least of them. I don't think it's the least of them, but I still think it's... The legend begins, you mean. The legend begins, sorry. Sorry, yeah. I said back to perfection. Uh, It's, I think, unfortunately, a continued progression downward. Like, I like what they're trying to do here, and it's not loudly awful, but I don't think that it's better than back to perfection i think like i can applaud the ambition but maybe not as much as i applaud the finished product we aren't going to match on this oh dear you like this one yeah i i think i and i liked it the first time i i went through uh the series because i think i was a little bit worn out worn out from the first three movies and i needed something different as a bit of a, a break before we get into this next generation where perhaps I have a few more problems right? Um, <laughs> with it. And I, we, we've talked about this before. that um, We did an episode on Westerns. Yep. That I, I seem to, as I get older, appreciate Westerns more and more. Like, this is not an A-level Western. I mean, the writing is not there. 
But I I like the idea of looking at the town and what the town used to be and going through like an old west type of thing. I I, I don't know if this movie was shot in Canada. There were a lot of Canadian actors. It certainly feels Canadian. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, you can look up that one while I kind of ramble on about why I like this movie. Um, I, I think it was a break for Michael Gross to show, um, in case anybody had forgotten, that uh, Burt Gummer is a character he plays, but he can play other beats and other types of characters. And this was a little bit more of like playing the snobby type of character and having this arc where over time he changes. I mean, it is very choreographed. He actually runs away from his responsibility and the, the mine and the town. And uh, and then he stops to think about a solution. And it's uh, there's some sort of a charm about it. And I think the town itself works well as a, as a Western town, as an old West town, but also in contemporary times as a small town in Nevada. Um, so I, I liked that change, I guess, uh, enough to, to recommend it. Um, and I, I think this may be controversially Michael Gross's best performance of the seven movies. Well, he has a character to play. Yeah, Burt Gummer <laughs> is Burt Gummer from beginning to end, and he has these little moments where he sort, like, sort of changes a bit because of the circumstances, but not that much. But the fact that he's a this is a guy who who won't pick up a gun at the beginning of it, and then and then we're like, well, this shot. is quite obviously the descendant of Burt Gummer, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, based on what. You know what everything is being set up for it at the end of this movie. So it's interesting for me to see how do they get to the point where this guy turns into this gun nut. nut. Uh, they tease that at the and end. at at the end. I mean, I there's a couple cheesy things. They have the sitcom freeze frame at the end of the movie. Uh, some of the writing is I I agree. Uh, the performances are over the top, but. I would say that about even some notes in Tremors. So, um, and it is a B monster movie. I mean, if you can't is. go over the top in a B monster movie, when can you not? And to me, I kind of feel like some blood and gore kind of returned to this one. Uh, you know, the the deaths are significant. Um, I I wasn't kind of going, oh lord, like they're trying to PG me with this this one as much as some of the other ones. Uh, I felt what, like what? I was supposed to be surprised at times. When I was like. I think I was supposed to be shocked that the gunslinger got killed, and like I wasn't no, shocked because it said and you know yeah, um, you, it was shot you in California for the record. Oh, okay, I think one of the reasons that you might have made the conf- thought of the Canadian vibe so many fucking westerns are shot in 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 Alberta and, and British Columbia, and a lot of things that low budget westerns have in common is this thing where like they have horses and they have the western mm-hmm. gear, but. All of the horses are pristine, and all the clothes are pristine, and they don't want it to get too dirty or rough looking. Part of it's the cast, though. I mean, Sarah Botsford, uh, who plays Christine Lord, who runs runs the hotel, hotel. she's been in a ton of Canadian television and Canadian movies. 
And August Schellenberg, of course, you know, the Painted Door movie and... He, he did a lot of work in Canada as well. So Hey, dude, if you want me to be in a Tremors movie, watch me show up with a big fucking smile on yeah. my face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Here I go. So, so I think that's why I was fooled into thinking it was Canadian, but none of the other chapters, even the one that's set in Canada, is quite clearly... Well, here's... And due respect to Canadian productions, it probably just because it looks kind of low budget, right? <laughs> and of, it is low kind budget. Kind of, There's a yes. lot of low budget productions But there's a charm to it. That I I got out and of look, this. I was I started off with the negatives. Like I, again, I appreciate what they're trying to do here. They're giving us like, uh, how are they going to deal with it within the confines? Like with the tools that they have in the Wild West, mm-hmm. how do you deal with the graboids? Yeah. And I like that they gave us established rules. Like this warm creek was dug out of the mine and it thawed out these eggs. So yeah. they actually have a reasonable count of what they're dealing with, and they. They don't know about the evolution of them or anything yet, but we get a little bit more lore about the creatures too. It's not even just the backstory of the town, but the backstory of the creatures gets further explored. And for a low-budget movie, you got a lot of strikes against you. If you're doing a period piece oh, and yeah. you're low-budget, yeah. damn. You've yeah. already got the creatures to deal with. And again, the CGI is here, but the close-up monster attacks mm-hmm. look decent to me. Looks better that, to me than Tremors 3. Yes, I will definitely <laughs> say that the effects have gone up. I also think this is more of the nighttime settings. I, I Again, I had problems with the sequence, uh, but uh, I like the idea they were going for, that the creatures were eating away the floor. Uh-huh. of this huge barn that they yeah. were in. So they had to figure out what they were going to do before the floor was act- was not eaten away. They were dragging it away a piece yeah. at a time. But I like those ticking clock problems that they had to solve. In the first Tremors movie, it was like, we're stuck on this boulder. How are we going to get off? And, and, and every now and then we sort of find those quandaries. And that was a good one. I also like the mine. Yeah. Like going underground. And it's dark, and I mean, it's of all the places to bump into one yeah. of these things. Yeah, like you, there's nothing you can do. You are fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I like there's this this thing if if you like a movie, you're willing to forgive a bunch of stuff. For sure. And if you don't like a movie, then you're gonna pick away at, at things. This I is one where I just uh, I've enjoyed it both times I've watched it. Uh, I don't hate it. I I think I used to really like have it in for the movie for some uh-huh. reason. But again, I think if you go in with the attitude like, oh, here we go with another Tremor sequel, right? Like, no, I I mean, none of the Tremor sequels, if I'm honest, are what I wanted in Mm -hmm. my brain a Tremors movie to be. So at some point, I just had to reconcile that that wasn't ever going to happen. At some point, they're going to do a remake of Tremors. And whatever it is, it's not going to be what I want it to be. And I'll have to reconcile with it. I'm going to watch the shit out of it. Oh, of but... course. Yeah, I will too. <laughs> so, again, like, it is all right. But um, I think we're we're kind of in the middle ground here for me. Yeah, and I, I like it maybe more than it deserves. Um, yeah, There's it, something it, too adorable me. about the relationship with the little kid for me. I think with the kid him and the bike fine. and everything, yeah. the kid does it. Like, he's a great actor. Like he's but actually better than the two children actors in Tremors. I would probably, I would argue. Yeah, I'm just like as a familiar use of plot and character. Yeah, like, we I, know what's I happening here, yeah. and it's just like okay, but uh, it's not. It's the familiarity more than it is the execution. It's just yeah. Well, I, it sounds like for you, the legend begins was the one that you had to revisit to soften on. 
Bloodlines is the one I had to revisit to <laughs> soften on a right. lot. Uh, shall we move on? We shall move okay. on. We have a situation in Africa. There's been another attack. You've got bad boys. Worms. Sure as hell ain't Mickey Mouse. From Universal Pictures comes the next chapter in the Tremors saga. The bitch is back. Load every gun. Come to Africa. We'll have some laughs. See some games. Five bloodlines. So Jason, here's the thing. I love Tremors. I love Tremors. By that I mean the 1990 original <laughs> Tremors, starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. And yep. who would have known that that would have been such a potent comedic combo? But I think that movie, at risk of sounding hyperbolic, is fucking brilliant. I really, really do. As far as that kind of cheesy B-movie monster mm -hmm. thing that is both fun and entertainment and has some genuine thrills and great creature effects. Almost an unbeatable sort of in its niche of movies. And then we have these five direct-to-video sequels. <laughs> and the sixth on the way this summer. And it's, it's always been disappointing to me. I've always been disappointed to the, with the Tremors franchise and I always come back to the Tremors franchise mm -hmm. yeah. because I can't love quit it, it so much. I just can't quit you, Tremors. <laughs> but uh, it's based, I was told anyway, it's based off of the uh, an original screenplay from the same writing team that, that helped bring us the original. Tremors, Tremors. is the first, yeah. And they've been attached, at least peripherally, to all of these movies, which is why <laughs> I get increasingly, increasingly kind of frustrated by them. Mm -hmm. I think that the problem with the Tremors franchise is that because they couldn't attach themselves to Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward because they had legitimate careers to live in. <laughs> That's mean, but it's true. They decided to anchor the entire franchise on Gummer. Michael Gross. Michael Gross's character. Yeah, the father from Family Ties. That's right. And in the first movie, he and Reba McIntyre oh, good, are great supporting players. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say to this day, as supporting players, I love those characters. They're supporting players. I think putting Burt Gummer in the front seat of these movies was a mistake. Honestly, I do. I don't think Michael Gross is bad. I just think that character should be in the, in the supporting place. He had to take over the Fred Ward role after, after the second one. Yeah. Yeah, for three for and on. Three. Yeah. And he's been in everything since. <clears throat> Here's the thing. They've changed up the monsters. It's no longer just one underground tentacle monster. They break mm -hmm. into three screamer monsters that are heat sensitive, which in turn turn into the ass blaster monsters that yeah. fly through the air by shooting fire out of their ass. I, I think for them, these guys like the monsters. They like designing the monsters mm -hmm. and uh, they are more reliant the deeper into the series on CGI. But I still, I guess in a limited way, stand by that they want to show you a new monster a lot and they're not just going to show you the same thing over no, and over again. No. Each, so, each movie has a new evolution. Or... I, for me, I would have been happy to stick with them, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. They're trying to change it up, up their game, give you a new monster. But the humor in the first movie is always very charming in character and situation-based. Mm -hmm. And the humor in the sequels are a lot more pee and poop and fart. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, 
So I have to cling to the stuff that I like. What I like is the creature design and the action sequences, and I have to sit and put up with everything that happens in between. Mm -hmm. Jamie Kennedy is not much of an actor. <laughs> and the screenplay, the movie is called Bloodlines, really wants to shock us with the fact that he's going to eventually tell Michael Gross that he's his son. And it's the most telegraphed punch in the history of fucking cinema. It is brutal. <laughs> so... Here's how you should watch Tremors 5, and you should only watch Tremors 5 if you're a person like me. <laughs> you have to keep going with the story. You yeah. just like, someday they're going to redeem this franchise, right? Anytime they're not directly dealing with the creatures, skip to the next scene. <laughs> and then you'll have, I think, an amazing 40 to 50 minutes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the movie is 96 minutes long. <laughs> and this is a shorter one. Like A lot of them are in the two-hour range. In a time when movies like this are not, are under 90 minutes. It's not good. But on the right day, it's a good, bad movie. That's where I start. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, so th those who are listening to this who know me, um, just forget about everything you've thought about <laughs> with my movie tastes forever. So I have a real soft spot for Tremors. The one that you're the one that you're a fan of. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when CTV used to show horror movies or kind of genre movies at midnight? Right. Yeah, and they don't seem to do that really anymore. Uh, and this this movie came on. I couldn't sleep because I'm not great at sleeping. And you know, all the kind of whatever. It's got this uh, kind of south, you know, southwestern U.S. type of uh, look to it. And oh, you know, I. Kevin Kevin Bacon I knew and I thought oh, Reba McIntyre's and this I'll I'll watch this thing and it, and the setup and everything and then the payoff I thought you know I'm really enjoying this I'm not <laughs> this sure is this awesome. is necessarily the type of movie I normally watch but there's this cast is good this is uh, this is a great idea for a movie and then, and then I would go spend years going to video stores and every once in a while it's, you know there's Tremors 2 there's Tremors 3 well there was no theatrical release so this probably isn't that fantastic <laughs> so I went many many years not watching any, any of these them. so for this this is how much I you know I care about this uh, this podcast I went and I watched refreshed myself on Tremors I watched Tremors and I've watched all of the prequels leading up to Tremors 5 and what kind of surprised me about this um, was because I had such low expectations for each and every one of these sequels, there's a certain charm about Tremors I just cannot get past where I, I, I kind of like aspects of these. I kind of like, uh, I know you don't want him to be the guy who is, you know, the through line for the series, mm -hmm. but I kind of like Michael Gross in this role. Um, I just like to see him get work because I, I don't know. I like to see what happens to these sitcom fathers after long after their shows are, are uh, done. Yeah. And he's done a lot of B movies and some of them a lot worse than than Tremors. And fine. so I was, I was fine with them. And I even like Four. I like this for what it for is. what it is. Yeah. I think they were out of ideas. Okay, so let's go back into the past and go to when the Tremors first showed up. Uh, and I, 
I kind of like that idea of the changing the name of the town to, uh, you know, it, that all worked for me. This one, from beginning to end, I hated. <laughs> I, I, I just, hate, I thought maybe, maybe this will be the strangest list that I've ever uh, had on Larry's. <laughs> maybe this will not be number six. Everybody, when they see a five and it, will think, okay, Jason's going to go with that. This is the, the, the worst. Uh, but I have no choice. And it's the stuff that you so beautifully put a few moments ago. There's a scene where continuously for probably about 10 minutes, something is peeing on Michael Gross. Yeah. And it's like he, I, I felt bad for him that at this point in his career, this is yeah. what he has to put up with. And the second that Jamie Kennedy came on screen, I was like, no, no, couldn't, please, couldn't they have gone, where's Carrot Top? I mean, you know like, couldn't they have been, gotten... You know who would have been better? Anybody. 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 <laughs> because they've had other people, not well-known actors, too. There was, who was the guy from a couple movies ago, who's kind the of the young hotshot, who was yeah. supposed to be kind of like, they, they always try to work it out, so there's a Kevin Bacon type of character and a Fred Ward type yeah. of character. And that's what's missing, because that's the heart of the first movie, is the relationship between Val and Earl, and yeah. their back and forth, and how yeah. much we like them. And uh, right, Bert is like this divorced survivalist gung ho mm -hmm. gun nut, right? And again, I think he's a useful tool to have, but that's not where I would have centered it. I get why they made that decision because they can keep Michael Gross, my, it becomes mm -hmm. his franchise. And uh, yeah, I don't think he sucks as an actor, but you're 100% right. I think that there was a bit of it was a kind of amusing sequence at first. He gets locked in this lion cage. And he's getting cooked by the sun, and he's starting to go crazy, and he's forced to drink his own urine. Yes, <laughs> but it's—I think I would have just rolled my eyes and let it go if he'd either poured the urine on himself or drank it, or the lion or had pissed on him. All three of those things happen all at the same time. All three of those things happen at the very beginning of the movie. A guy's crouching to take the crap, and he falls into this hole, which sort of starts off. There's it's it's such so a bad start. Juvenile. It's so juvenile. And the other ones weren't had as bad. That no, they had, they had some moments. moments like that, but not. The not as overt. Was never a thing I wanted for the franchise. Like I just no. that. I, I like the uh, concept of the land shark and the floor is mm -hmm. lava, you know? Like yeah. It's basically the adult version of the floor is lava. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so I think that you need to find either someone that can bounce off of Michael Gross in a comedic way where it's not about tension or it's not about reveals or conflict, where they... Valentino is practically a bromance, right? Those dudes love each yes, other, yes. right? And we love them because of that. And, and that's the heart is absent entirely. I'm going to throw a little bit. They shot this in South Africa. That's their sort of way of the, sort Mo moving of, uh, it change on. it up mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there is a little bit. There's this one badass South African guy who's always talking about how I'm invincible. I'm from South Africa. And then, of course, he gets brutally killed. And they tried. I'm not sure how successful they were to uh, let some of that culture and color seep into the movie a little bit to try in a way to differentiate it from the others. Mm. Here's the thing that like, I, I want to like the movie. That's, that's yeah, I can I tell that you're, like, you're wanting I to. I want to like this movie. I kind of want to as well. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm cheering for the Tremors franchise. I'm like, I'm just like, no, you guys do this a little bit. Do that a little bit. Because to my shame, as bad as this movie is, like... <laughs> The new Tremors comes out this summer, and I'm not like, oh my god, more Tremors, but I will fucking get around to watching it. 
It will happen. And that's maybe just my fault. That's my thing. To everyone else, I just have to go back to watch the original Tremors. Treasure the original <laughs> Tremors. And if you really want more, there is more. But diminishing returns does not say it. <laughs> this two is okay. Fred Ward was on for the second yeah. film. You could probably get something out of that. It's, it's yeah, it's certainly not as good. Diluted of all of them, mm-hmm. I would say, but it's still fifty percent of the movie that the original was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I'm not recommending this movie to anybody but myself. But I, I guess what you're checking into is how much I wish this was better than it mm-hmm. was. It's got creepy monsters that eat people, and there's a 12-year-old boy inside of me that will always like that. I don't know what that is. And, like I say, the design of the creatures is kind of interesting. Like They're doing... Again, what what other movies do this? Aliens, kind of, would would try to... uh, Build the movie about designing a monster we haven't seen before and feeding a bunch of actors to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it shouldn't shouldn't be such a complex formula, but it turns out <laughs> this is another one where they tried really hard to keep the PG thirteen thing going to That's the in, whole franchise. And yeah. when they're yeah, they they really hold back on what potentially they could do, but it goes back to the original was very PG thirteen as well. Um, Hire a writer, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> now there was an interesting character. Again, I'm grasping at straws here, but. There was that other South African character the with a pilot, and and he was kind of like the the Bert uh, Gummer of yeah, because yeah. he just saw was it his son or something just got eaten by a monster, but then he somehow it's kind of ridiculous how he survives this, but he has the same kind of energy and enthusiasm to keep keep on fighting after after he sees that. Sees invert something some sort of kinship, and they yeah. they grow up pretty quickly. A movie about those two guys might have right right been fine. And that was the one moment of the movie where like when the giant worm jumped out and he swallowed him, and for a second thought like, he was no. going to be dead. That was almost like oh that's too bad. I thought they were going to do more with that. Here's character. the character <laughs> I care about. Why <laughs> why couldn't it have been Jamie Kennedy? Yes. I, I hate to be this mean to Jamie Kennedy, but dude, you were good in Scream and Scream 2, and that's all. That's, that's all you That's all that I've seen of him that's watchable. <laughs> he may be a passable stunt comedian. He did this documentary about Heckler, about how, you know, he is like the opposite of a fan base. He has the anti-fan base. <laughs> and if you want to put that shit to bed, stop making movies like Tremors. So I like... I, I mean, the type I, of, types of characters he he makes himself out to be just a, a giant douchebag. I don't really. know what the appeal of the character is. He's not sexy. He's not particularly heroic. He's not funny anymore. He's certainly not funny. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I, it's, it's like somebody who, who is stuck in this high school persona. Yeah, and he's kept that. I don't know how old he is in his forties now or something like that, and it's it it has zero charm. And it's gotta suck, you know, that you're only getting offered things like Tremors Five and Son of the Mask. Like I get mm-hmm. it, I mm-hmm. get it. It's not an easy road to hoe, but uh, man, the screenplay didn't do any favors. Oh in, no, in his defense, like it this was, was the laziest of of <laughs> it's of the brutal, five. But there's not. He brings nothing to. No, him. no, he doesn't. At least Michael Gross is trying. Yeah. yeah. And uh, someone's trying. And uh, as long as their heart's there, I guess I'm going to stay with them. But man, this is a low point. Yes. How'd you get this number? You from the government? Impossible. Improbable. Ass blasters in the Arctic? 
Welcome to the Void Canyon Arctic Research Station. If you've got ass blasters, you have graboids. Tablespoons of cement and harden the hell up, huh? A cold day in hell. Um, this is an unintentionally hilarious movie. Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell is an unintentionally hilarious movie. Bloodlines, you and I discussed in the past, mm-hmm. and several years gap had happened in between the the previous tremors movie like and and these two that were shot back to back in south africa the first one was terrible but it was set in out south africa like the environment uh-huh. made sense this one is set in none of it far northern regions of canada and i honestly believe jason that the decision to sh- to set the story there was that they figured nobody knew anything about none of it like it was a, it's a it's a new province to us it's not on most maps yet right and, and nobody knows what it what it looks like and uh, so it doesn't matter if it's lush and green and mountainous and it doesn't matter if the snow is like powdered sand or flour and it doesn't matter that the accents are very clearly south african accents and the character traits however cartoonish and over the top are not anything that I've ever identified as Canadian, even by someone who's like ignorant and thinks that like we bowed with the altar of Bob and Doug McKenzie. But unlike Bloodlines, I have a fucking ball laughing at this movie. Mm. Not with, (laughs) at this movie, okay? Like, uh, a fair comparison is... Friday the 13th, 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the means with which to make the premise, don't make the movie. Just don't do it. It's like it's an exercise in folly. It doesn't have to be Canada, right? Now, maybe I'm particularly sensitive because I'm from Canada, but like, wow, you guys... Wow. <laughs> but you're not from New York and you're yeah. sensitive to like Jason Takes Manhattan. You know? And this isn't even Rumble in the Bronx, where like <laughs> you the, 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 where you can see the mountains <laughs> in the background of, of, of like New York. Like that's hilarious, but like that ruined that movie for me when people told me about that ahead of time. <laughs> but and I'm can, looking for it. <laughs> you can blur your eyes in any back alley in Vancouver and tell yourself you're in any city in the world. Yeah. But you'd have to be pretty fucking ignorant to think that this movie was really set in Canada, <laughs> let alone in the Arctic. And it's this hilarious idea of what people think Canadians will be, and this remote Arctic community will breed eccentricity. My favorite is that bush pilot chick. I don't know oh, what yeah. exactly exactly she's going for i like what she's doing but i have no idea what it is she has some energy to her she said a a lot yeah um (laughs) she was to me the replacement for my favorite character from bloodlines who was that uh that pilot pilot. yeah like he was he was so much fun and this was kind of like they, they they have a habit of substituting somebody for a previous better character. And here she uh, was. Yeah. And they've done that with Kevin Bacon for years and years. But here, uh, 
here they do that with that that kind of secondary character. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. It's it's an all over the place, but you get to admire the. She just goes for whatever she's doing. Well, and like she doesn't know what a Canadian is clearly, but she's really going for it. I admire her moxie. I want to get her name here just because I. Thank you. Yeah, I, I've been rewatching these with my with my boys, so I've been looking forward to to getting to these with them. But um, educational, right? Like you, the, where you are in life was sort of change your perspective of how you see things and. I'm wondering if they're going to be offended. But the fun fact is, is like we were after watching Bloodlines, which is my least favorite Tremors movie, shocker. Um, I had said to them, don't worry, the Jamie Kennedy thing doesn't even come up anymore. Like it, it's done. No, I was completely wrong about that. Mm. Jamie Kennedy is still in this movie. Mm -hmm. And even though I'd seen it recently, I had completely forgot that he was still in the movie. But I was really mean to Jamie Kennedy in the previous installment. I don't know why, but I will say he bothers me significantly less in this installment. He doesn't have these stupid pop lines where, like, they, they, they have this card that they want him to play that's so painfully obvious. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got a couple of scenes where, like, he's got to milk the gland inside of this creature where he physically crawls inside of one of their worms. So he's, he's got more fun things to do, at least this time around. Mm -hmm. He hasn't necessarily improved a bunch as an actor, but I'm not actively off-put by him. Well, they're, the they're trying hard to make it, like, now he's Burt Gummer's son. In he's this living line. up to the you legacy. Know, uh, and so he gets, you know, covered in, in goo, and that's just, just like his, his dad. And he's so concerned all of a sudden about his, you know, this is the one where they have the payoff to... To Bert being inside of the creature, um, the creature years ago, and I don't know why it took whatever it was, 15, 16 years for this to happen. But then there's some sort of a reaction he's having, which could kill him, and they need to get antibodies from alive. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for pushing the boy. plot because I'd failed to. Uh, yes, yeah. Bert's getting sick. He's infected with some graboid disease. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a mess. There's also one of the worst callbacks ever. Like, when they kill the, the creature attacking the hangar, and he screams, Broke into the wrong goddamn hammer, didn't you, you bastard? Hangar, I mean. And, like, it was one of those things, like, that was so lame that it made me feel lame for liking the line in the original movie. <laughs> like, it was just like, God That's damn, you guys. Like, when, when you miss Q, you miss Q hard. And... Again, neither of the South African made Tremors movie of a particular high quality. But I have to say, I did laugh a lot while I was watching this movie, both times that I watched the movie. It was for the wrong reasons, and it would be a so bad it's good or guilty pleasure thing. But I would mark it on that grade. Okay. Yeah. Well, after Bloodlines... <laughs> Which I softened on in the sense that there's some pretty good action sequences. Once I got over the, the fact that we have pee. a 15-minute sequence where Bert gets pissed on yeah. and drinks urine and, and, uh, and it's all and. videotaped and, and, and all that. And, and, and the Jamie Kennedy factor, which is in both movies, he, he is the biggest weakness, in my opinion, both in the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, in this one too, I just can't get past it. Like maybe he, all of a sudden he starts to become an action hero when he was this videographer. 
going back to Bloodlines, I never believed him as a videographer too because you see him shaking, like aiming this camera very poorly. It's like a, a kid pretending like they're a camera person. Yeah. Um, in the movie, but then all of a sudden he has the skills to be able to lead and do what he does in this movie, and I, I just, I just didn't buy it. So. I didn't think there could be a worse Tremors movie after Bloodlines, but unfortunately, I didn't have the good time that you had oh, really? with A Cold Day in Hell. <laughs> I just thought it was bad. It is. I, I, but, I'm but, not but, even fighting. But, but bad, like, like bad all around. I, I didn't care. I was excited for several cast members to be killed. Yeah. Like that, that scientist from Montreal... <laughs> Who does every wrong thing along the way? I mean, we're not supposed a, to like him. Is it a French accent? What was that? <laughs> what was it? It was somewhere between Kiwi and South African French. I'm getting more entertainment out of you <laughs> doing impressions of this than I got from the movie at all. Um, and uh, I, I guess kind of going back, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning before. For, for reasons that I cannot understand, we, we do have a brief section in, uh, of the movie Imperfection at the beginning. That's right. Which, you know, makes me long for why can't it be set there. But poor perfection. Now, apparently, it's, it's just Bert alone running the, the store. Yeah. He came up with some stupid excuse why uh, the granddaughter was off somewhere else. So he now completely runs the store. The only people who seem to show up are... Uh, this tax man who's trying to get money from him. And then when Jamie Kennedy comes in and says, oh, did you miss me? And like, no, no, you can go back now. Nobody missed you, Jamie. Nobody missed you, Jamie. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry to be so mean to this guy. He was good great. enough in the Scream movies. He was great in two Scream movies and, and nothing else. And I don't know. But uh, and anyway, we, we'll, we'll get to the last movie in a second, but I have no idea... <laughs> Did he say no to that? I mean, I, I don't, I can't imagine said, him saying no to anything. Who said no to who would be interesting to find out. Yeah, that, that would actually be a good question. But yeah, this this was uh, fortunately the last um, Look, Tremors not... movie he was in. I, I actually thought he was going to be killed. And I that's why I kept watching. I was like, okay, this could save the entire movie if Jamie Kennedy's character gets killed. No. No, no, unfortunately not. There are spoilers for, uh, <laughs> for That's fine. Tremors 900 here. But uh, I, I I don't know. I just, I guess I liked, the character I liked the most was apparently Kevin Bacon's daughter oh, is, ran <laughs> is I, randomly there, is the one who suggests that Bert come out and yeah. help them with this situation. It's not that I forgot that. It's that I willfully block it out every time. It's like it's new, but it's not new every time it happens. Like, fuck this movie. But, but it's so exactly the thing that this movie would do at this point, right? It's just like right on the nose. Yeah, right on yeah. the beak. It's just hitting you right on... Uh, yeah, and uh, I, the opening kill sequence, which is like the only sequence in the movie that tries to have snow in it. <laughs> Oh, that's right. And it like it just doesn't look right at all. And then I I, I start computer feeling, heavy or like yeah. I mean it felt like it was just a. I don't know if they it was just sand and they digitally made it look white or if they painted sand white, but it was clearly not snow. It was clearly no. snow. And then later as this progressed, I started feeling more and more sorry for some of the actors because <laughs> none of them would wear toques. They drew the line at toques, but a lot of them were wearing sweaters and gloves. 
And I've been to South Africa, okay? Yeah. I've been to South Africa during their winter. And yeah. let me tell you something. Their winter is fucking much. hot, no, okay? No. Like, you're not wearing a sweater and gloves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the makeup person probably deserved an award for trying to patch up all the sweat. Yeah. But, again, I'm, I'm not going to defend the movie. Like, I agree, like, <laughs> with everything you say. But, like I said, I was laughing at the movie. I wasn't able to laugh at Bloodlines. I was kept on getting kind of slapped and offended by, like, the clumsiness of the screenplay. Well, immaturity of it. I mean, it's... And the, the, the pee jokes, everything like that. But the climax this... is something else there. And, I mean, if you take those individual action scenes and you throw everything out of Bloodlines, I think you could have Maybe an entertaining 20-minute whatever But But this YouTube is a video. weird... It's a combination of incompetence and ignorance. <laughs> That somehow blooms into something hilarious. Like I'm like I said, right out the gate, I'm laughing at it, not with it. Yeah, and I like, know you don't like to laugh at and movies I, that's necessarily. Not something that I seek out. No. That's not something that I want, especially from a Tremors movie. But I'll take that over being bored and I'll take that over being angry. <laughs> but mm-hmm. would I recommend this movie? Just, no. No. no, no. <laughs> okay, like. I, I just, no, I, I just can't, even if you're a Tremors fan and you're going, this is, this will not be one of your, your favorite chapters. I don't know who would pick this as their favorite Tremors movie, right. but I, I, a couple other secondary characters I wanted to mention. Yep. Okay. One has a, a right to be a little bit big. There was, uh, the, I don't know if he's East Indian, the one, the young guy who, right. who Kevin Bacon's uh, daughter is, interested. is uh, kind of the love interest and he spends a lot of the time kind of up on this pole or something while the tremors are, are below and then he kind of turns into an action star at some point. He's, he's drinking all these energy drinks throughout, so he's, he's kind of big and jittery. I mean, unfortunately, they had to have another urine joke with that, that he causes a distraction by because he has well, he drank six energy drinks so he has so much he, he can just pee so powerfully that's gonna distract the uh, the, uh, the Brent, graboid or whatever what is it, but Brent Maddock and SS Wilson the writing team I don't know if they grew up on a farm but they seem really amused they, by they, they seem bodily to like functions. that but anyways and I guess that's amusing to some people and those who like the comedy part of these the the one I can't understand, and, and he looks so much like an actor, and I'm just trying to figure out which actor from the Scream franchise, but he's not from Scream. But he he was that guy who uh, uh, who builds that like electric fence uh, to try to stop, stop the graboid. That guy, uh, if he, you told me that he had had 10 energy drinks, I would understand. He plays every single moment so big. I mean, I was just like, what is this guy on Coke? I mean, I don't know what was going on because he is, he is, his. Dial it back. Like, <laughs> he makes, Michael Gross plays it big, but he is in a completely different universe to the point where even in, what are we in, the sixth chapter of Tremors, I'm just like, that is way, way, way too much. Right. It's interesting enough. He's not the worst part of the movie, but I'm like, it, none of this is built up. Like. How is this guy justify to... this to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I wanted to mention the director Don Michael Paul. He's obviously different director than we've seen yeah. uh, in the past. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to judge him too harshly. I mean, he got to direct a Tremors movie, so he's doing better than most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
But there's something I've noticed when a director becomes popular, a lot of young up-and-comers emulate them. Same thing with writers, too. Writers, mm-hmm. when they first start writing, will emulate their favorite writer. The Tarantino effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Tarantino's a great example of that. But like uh, Altman with long shots... Or when Stoderbergh got popular, he started doing these freeze frames. Mm-hmm. And he had started to see a lot That's of these right. freeze frame shots emulating him. Um, Zack Snyder was really popular around the time this is. And this dude loves to do slow motion shots during the oh, action. Oh, I noticed that. To the yeah, point right. where it actually, again, started to make me laugh how much he was leaning on the slow motion. It was like, <laughs> this is like, man, I swear, you, you're padded an extra 10 minutes of this movie just because of all the fucking slow motion shots in it. And, and this is 2018. This isn't like the it, first oh no, 2006 or something where that was really... No, it's not new or anything like that, but I feel him Zack Snydering it, you yeah, know, like yeah. making that move and being really excited about yeah. it. And I don't know, the first few times I just clocked it, the third or fourth time I got irritated and then it was like a Monty Python sketch where it just went full circle and I was like, slow-mo, yes. I, I wonder if I had watched this with you. I might have been laughing and having a better time and it might be ranking a lot higher for me, but... Context helps. I remember doing... I watched it by myself. Right. I remember uh, so. doing a review of the Rocky Horror Picture Show based on watching it by myself on a tube TV out in my garage. Yeah. And not to, that's not how you watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so, like, if you wanted to watch this movie with a bunch of friends, drink some beer, and point and laugh, maybe you could have fun with it. But if yeah. you're looking for, like, a well-made, well-executed monster movie, stay far fucking away. Yeah, this is like a Mystery Science Theater <laughs> 3000 Absolutely. candidate if they revamp that. Yeah. Agreed. Good enough. You don't know what you're up against. I got this handled. <laughs> got a genetically enhanced giant carnivorous worm with tunneling abilities loose on your private island. This species should be left to die. What exactly are we talking about? Shriekers. We have 48 hours to stop these things. Let's go, Ramboy. Burt Gummer? He's a freaking legend. Let's go. Count me in. She's culling the weakest from the herd first. Crap, that means I'm next. Welcome to the party, bird. This has to end here. This is it. Lead, follow, or get out of my way. I'll lead. That's not an option. And then we got to the seventh and least to the date of this recording, last Tremors movie, uh-huh. at least of the initial official run. This one stars John Hedder, Hader, 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 Napoleon think. Dynamite. Yeah. This is the exact right kind of actor that you would expect to see in a movie that's like Tremor 7, right? Like, he peaked in the late 90s, early aughts, kind of mm-hmm. got stuck in a rut as an actor who would always have to play dumb, imbecilic, goofy characters, and, you know... He's still working, but well past his best before date as far as his popularity and whatnot. So, if you have to replace Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess this this makes sense. Okay, it does. <laughs> it's funny that we're at the point now where we have to. We were trying to get like a a Kevin Bacon replacement. Now we're trying to get a Jamie, a Jamie Kennedy, Kennedy replacement. replacement. Yeah, a sock puppet yeah. would probably. Uh, do. <laughs> I, I'm. I will say I know you're trying to get the plot in here, but unlike 
uh, all of those attempts to have a Kevin Bacon like character uh, in there, this was a notch up. Absolutely, I was nervous the first moments of the performance. <laughs> he falls um, out of a hammock. Yeah, he falls out of a hammock. Uh, <laughs> makes some instead of using the F word, he says fart or something. Yeah, and there's like, oh god, oh god, here we go again. But you get past that scene, and he doesn't do an awful job. No. Generally speaking, I will say, to my surprise, I just realized this is the same director of A Cold Day in Hell. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, on a directing standpoint, he has improved. Although he still does love him some slow motion. <laughs> he does, yes. <laughs> but uh, it's less comically. It's and more, it's motivated. Like, it, it makes sense for... There are moments that call for dramatic intensity that maybe slow motion can help you with. It's not just for the sake of it here. Um, generally speaking, though, I felt like this felt like a less funny, more dark, by tremor standards. Mm -hmm. It's not as goofy and it's not as light as previous chapters. And maybe that's because they were leaning into where the movie was going. I don't want to, I don't want to bury the lead here. But basically there's this tropical island, which um, the woman, I can't remember her name here. Um, Jamie Kennedy's mother's mother is running this is, place. Yeah. And um, ja Jazz, Jasmine. Yeah. They see a lot of weird activity in the adjacent island, and they're not used to seeing people around. And upon investigating it, they find a graboid that's been destroyed. So shriekers have erupted from it. And basically we have kind of this most dangerous game type thing playing out, where there's these hunters coming to these islands to, to hunt the shriekers for sport. Uh, Richard Brake is sort of the most focused on of the hunters. He's mm -hmm. got that grizzled face. And uh, in the last 10 years, I've seen him show up in a lot of horror movies, particularly Rob Zombie movies. Yes. And I think he's a good actor, and he's got that unmistakable villain mug. And, like, I get the feeling like he's sort of boxed into the villain roles, but if given the chance, I bet you there's lots of other interesting stuff that he could do. And he seems like a much better realized version of the character that Billy Drago was playing mm -hmm. in, in the, the the Western version of Yeah, that's fair enough. I think on every measure, this is an improvement on a cold day in hell, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Big time. Uh, the story makes sense. We find Bert is completely isolated and gone a little Howard Hughes. But... <laughs> And man, he looks old. He looks I, oh, he looks so old in that old. first scene. Oh. But it was in an it was an amusing scene to bring him into. It was one of the quote at like more legitimately funny sequences of the movie, and I was amused that they wrote off Jamie Kennedy as being in a Mexican prison, <laughs> and his mother and father both know he's in a Mexican prison, and neither of them seem particularly concerned about it. <laughs> I'm sure prison all over the world, there's not a lot of great ones, but I'm guessing prison in Mexico is probably... What was he doing? He's smuggling magic mushrooms into Mexico or something? Or some... I wonder if they even know or care. We're not. We're certainly not asked to care. <laughs> of all the ways, and they've come up with some pretty convoluted ways to excuse the absence of characters in yeah. this franchise. This was one of the I silliest, but, the but only... I was so excited. I was just like... Good. Thank you. Yeah. The only better way to handle it would have been to not mention him at all. <laughs> like, he's just persona non grata. But, uh... That's not their style. Gonna... No. So, what we have is we have the ecological nature group mm -hmm. who are preservationists and on the side of good. 
and we have the evil hunter group and they're you know doing selfish bad things and there's a clash between these these two and you know again i'm not enthusiastic about it but i will say that it works enough that it will get a passing grade from me um there's a sequence where we get have a couple of guards that are set out to the woods and they play rock paper scissors to see who's going to go out into the woods and get fed to the shrieker first and this is a kind of polite homage Mm -hmm. that i don't mind to the original movie where it's like Yes, we, we remember that rock, paper, scissors, but they're not... I didn't feel them going, eh? Hey, look, eh? Remember that on. better movie? That or there wasn't started? one who lost every time because that was Val's problem. Like, yeah. even when he won, he lost in the original Tremors movie. Um, but I like how that sequence played out, too. Like, this was the only real scene we were going to get with those two guards. So they spent about five minutes letting us get to know these two guards. And then they killed them. <laughs> yeah. Which I appreciate. Which I appreciated, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I mean, it was a little mini movie in the middle of it. And in another movie, it would be like, it would be like the guy in the Western movie who was playing his, his instrument. Mm-hmm. As soon as he started playing his instrument and walking away from the fire, you're like, well, he's dead. <laughs> right? And yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so there was a little bit more thought put into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I think they sacrifice the comedy, but when they go too hard on the comedy, I would rather, if they're going to sacrifice mm-hmm. something, that be where they sacrifice yes. it. Uh, I don't want to oversell Shrieker Island, but I do want to say, and maybe it's just the, the contrast between Jamie Kennedy, John Heater is our new leading guy. <laughs> like, I will take John Heater. Oh, oh yeah. 100%. He like, doesn't overplay his hand. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he serves the story... Uh, he's an intelligent character, but he he's not like the main guy. There are others, and it's more of a team thing. It's not, he's not invincible. Don't look at it's not like look at me every moment. Look how colorful and interesting I am. Yeah. He he is just a guy who happens to be there, and you know, and I mean, they have the same thing where he has to kind of win over the trust for 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 Bert, yeah. and Bert by the end of the movie Respect. is. Res- Expecting and trusting him, yeah. Um, and they were trying to get the father-son dynamic that I think failed so miserably <laughs> in the previous two movies. I I don't know if it's because of the diminishing returns on the series that I went into Shrieker Island with zero <laughs> expectations. I thought well, you okay, just watched two. Really I, I thought the ones. first four movies I'm giving the pass to, and then we moved into this generation of stupidity where the last three movies will just clearly be the worst and that's all there is to it i this turns out to be one of my favorite tremors movies and it probably is because and i maybe it's a weakness in my uh my skills at reviewing or my taste or whatever but I, i don't care for the comedy as much as as like the the action and the stakes and the scares i mean there's this a scene, and we've talked about, or you've talked about this on your show, where you're you're so vulnerable in an outhouse. Yeah. There's a death in an outhouse. Right. We've seen this in other movies. I think it was, you know, there, there are several homages to uh, to science fiction and action movies. I think there's a lot of Jurassic Park connected to this. Oh, absolutely. Movie. Yeah, hands down. Um, I, I do like the idea that 
that this um, bill looks like Richard Branson, the billionaire who has gone up into space and not accidentally. Yeah, no, there's a very clear message in there. Yeah, um, I, I I thought that was good. And he has all of these. The all, world's his playground. Yeah, he but he has all of these um, computer millionaires and billionaires going on a hunt for a graboid or whatever, uh, just as like uh, you know for. Oh entitled people to claim that they're hunters or whatever they which is similar to like african hunts for elephants and like there's all the stuff that's yeah. come out over the years uh so there's a bit of a political message in there too um but i, I just think everybody was treating the material so uh, seriously um but it was still fun and so there's lots of references to uh, I think there's some uh, diehard allusions. There's some lines which are similar to. Uh, there's like kind of an alien homage there, where the one creature kind of licks Bert, Bert's face. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I I guess I I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was in place of the comedy. We're getting these very obvious um, homages to the A level films of this 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 genre and uh, i think it's respectful it's not like hey look how clever we are it's said and then they move on there, there wasn't a whole lot where i was going wincing yeah and I, I got used to wincing a lot in this series and kind of like telling my brain this is tremors 400 yeah. I, I don't i don't need to think about it this hard this isn't like schindler's list here i mean but I got everything and more than I expected from this. And so it's going to rank pretty high, pretty high because I, I would revisit it alone. And I know that I could have a good time with it any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And that, to me, that's that's a really, really good sign. Well, I think you liked it more than I did, but yeah, I still liked it quite a bit. But um, I can deal without the comedy, but as long as they don't lose the fun. To me, like the fun is still an important. I thought ingredient. I thought it was a fun movie, and it too. is, yeah. and it is. Yeah. Uh, but that would be the line I would the the <clears throat> would be too yeah. far from. Yeah. Um, so so definitely go there. I wanted to mention uh, uh, some of the supporting characters are interesting. I I like this Freddie, Jackie Cruz, who uh, is like this badass uh, woman who like she's she's working in this eco, and then she says. Yeah, but I'm not some vegan whatever. Yeah. And, and she knows about guns. And she... Actually, I think the movie would have been interesting if she was Bert's main sidekick. Right. But still, she has these great scenes throughout and is a very intelligent character and a nice addition to the team. If they were to revamp this in some way, I would like to see that character fleshed out a little bit more. And that, that actor, I was impressed by her. Just, right. She made a meal out of a secondary performance when I didn't and see other people. She did represent that. for that sort of tough female character. Yeah, we've seen that in like Aliens and and movies for years. But I, I just like that actor and, and and what she contributed. And she does that pep talk too to John John Hader before he has to go out and onto the Shrieker Island with Bert and um, you know face a very dangerous situation. So so. To move to the elephant in the room. Yeah. Spoilers spoiler for... Spoiler if you haven't made it to the end of the uh, Tremors... I haven't uh, watched this one with my boys yet, but I'm a little bit worried. Yes. Because yeah. Tristan's very invested with Bert Gummer. And unfortunately, we lose Bert, or we are very... Everything in the cinematic language is used to tell us that Bert died here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, and I guess I was a little bit surprised to see that happen. Like I just figured, even if they knew it was going to be the last one that I, I imagined Bert walking off into the sunset for some reason, I didn't see getting eaten by a graboid the the end of the story for Bert Gummer. I mean, it, it's not it's doesn't spoil the meal or anything for me. I just didn't see that coming. And it's not like they knew definitively this was going to be the last. Uh, Michael Gross, who's 72 years young, as mm-hmm. of the interview that I read with him, said, you know, if Shrieker Island makes enough money, Universal will probably make another Tremors movie. And if they want to do one, well, I'm still capable to, to make it. And I feel healthy enough to make it. I'll do it. So mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know if they made that calculated choice, if they were actually going to pass the baton on to Hader, or if it was they knew this was the last entry. Mm-hmm. A lot of it feels up in the air. If this is the very ending of the series, I would say it maybe feels a little bit anticlimactic and rushed. Like It's like, where's Bert? Where's Bert? They find his baseball cap. We see a grave. Smash cut to credits. Yeah. And it, then a bit of an homage to yeah. his... Yeah, or they... Uh, a bit of a clip show of from from the seven movies yeah, of his greatest moments. Whenever you go into clip show, you're kind of detached from the yeah. actual main focus yeah. of the movie. Usually, if you're going to kill a major character, it's got to be in service of something. And because he pushes, literally pushes Bill Hader out of the way, mm-hmm. if this was like a passing of the baton, I think it would have sat a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to sit well with Tristan no matter what, because yeah, he, just be want, he just wants this guy to live forever. Um, I don't mind him dying. I just think it it would have been better for me if it counted more, if it was just a little bit more epic. Not that it wasn't huge, but well, it took seven movies to get to this, you know? Like, here, here's what I would say. I, I, I would have been very disappointed if he had died because they made it look like he could die mm-hmm. in A Cold Day in Hell. Uh, that would have worse. <laughs> what, then he dies in a pit. A piss poor movie. Yeah, this was a at least if this is the final chapter for whatever this segment is, this was a worthy final chapter. Indeed, and I think instead of extending and having some like they have a little bit of a funeralish type of a moment, but it's not like uh, spoilers for Marvel. But uh, when they have like a half an hour to forty five minute, uh, let's focus on. Uh, the fact that this major character was important to our universe has died and let's mourn it and mourn it and mourn How they, do you do just, it? They got in and, and that's the end of the do, movie. How do you do mourning and still have fun? Yeah. You don't. I, I guess it was a, a downer yeah. of an ending and, and maybe that's that's your point. And to me, it, it just struck me as kind of powerful. I was like, wow, I like this character because I, I started off criticizing... My first few times watching Tremors, this guy's such a cartoon character. And somehow, in all those viewings, he kind of got to me a little bit. So, it impacted me. So, it's definitely going to impact Tristan. Yeah. But, I was just like, I felt respectful in some way. Yeah. I'm not not mad at it. I didn't make a meal out of of it. Uh, And I would rather, if in fact this is the end of Michael Gross with this series, I'm glad he's going out on a good movie. Not yeah. a cold day in hell or bloodlines or look, or another movie which is worse. And I called the previous movie ignorant and incompetent, and this movie is neither of those no. things. Here's the other thing I think to give a cold day in hell because I was pretty hard on it. <laughs> Maybe more credit than it deserves because same director for the last two movies. Yeah. Uh, there's a line in there where where Bert says, 
uh, I will decide when I die. Yeah. And he makes the decision he does. when he dies in this movie. So that line actually had a payoff in Shrieker Island. So maybe maybe there was a maybe I'm giving it too much credit that there was a plan. Yeah. From at least from the last two movies. Because you know, and it's not nice to say. I mean it sounds very ageist when I say it, but the last two movies I was like he looks Good old. Lord, he looks a lot older than my vision of what and there is the like, actor and the character look like. As much as I don't necessarily want Bert to die, I don't necessarily want to see like sad old like you know screw him yeah. from uh, Legends of the Fall with Anthony. Absolutely, yeah. and it's very Bert Gummer to go out flipping the bird into the maw of the beast. <laughs> yeah, so points again. I think that that if anything might split some of the hardcore fans of the thing, but again. If that's what they were going to go, I, I admire, I, I respect the choice. Mm-hmm. I respect the choice. And yeah, thank you for not finishing on <laughs> Cold Day in Cold Day in Hell. Seven Tremors movies have been discussed on this, the 200th episode of Rank and Review. Yeah. Thank you very much for being here. You suspect that we're not going to go seven. I, I seven. don't think so. <laughs> no, there's two movies there that I like more than you did. Yeah. And then there's some that I I was a little bit harder on, perhaps, than you were. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see well, how, how many are similar. And how many I'm going to go out on a limb and bank that A Cold Day in Hell made the bottom of your list. But tell me, am I wrong? You're not wrong. Nice. <laughs> no, I went into this and I thought for sure Bloodlines is going to be dead blast. I thought, how could you be worse than Bloodlines? And then, it, much to my surprise, Bloodlines' thumb is still down. Don't, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong here. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, I I anticipated and I focused so much on the the worst parts of Bloodlines the first time I saw it that I, I kind of, you know auto-corrected or I don't know if that's the right term but I I, and I focused on everything else this time and you know there's some good action in in bloodlines I just didn't think anything really worked in a cold day in hell right nothing worked and I I, I, I wish I had watched it with you and had <laughs> the good time laughing at it but I I just was just like this is it just felt kind of pointless and it's leading to something that it doesn't follow through with. And, I mean, there's some characters who die, predictably, but none of the really important people die. So what are the stakes? Yeah. And that's, it was just kind of a useless chapter in the series. And we had to have another movie with Jamie Kennedy. So it was seven. Number six is Bloodlines. I mean, I you know, 
I don't know where it would rank if I didn't look at 15 minutes of Burt Gummer drinking his own urine or or getting pissed on by a, a lion or... It was like the lion was pissing on us, though. Yeah, it happening. was. But yet, I, I almost think that Jamie Kennedy was pissing on the whole series of yeah. that movie. So those were the only two that I would not recommend to right. anybody. The rest are, are positive, and it's just kind of pick your poison, I, right. I guess, going forward. Um, much to my surprise, number five is Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. Okay. Um, as you mentioned, special effects are not fantastic. I like that we're in perfection. I like that we re- revisit some characters. Some It's kind of glossed over a little bit more. Um, but this is another one, too, where, I mean, I guess we lose, we lose Miguel, but n- really, like... Not that many people were were, were harmed. No, and it's ma- a pretty making, safe movie. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I don't know. It wasn't wasn't as as great for me, but it was fine. Um, number four, Tremors two, Aftershocks. Uh, I'm really glad Fred Ward's in it, and I, I. But this is another one where all of the characters that we we lose a character, and it's not the only movie, as you said, where characters just disappear. Yeah, but we lose a character. Uh, and then all the characters with brown skin get killed off, and our our Caucasian characters are pretty safe. And then, like this, uh, the kind of the Kevin Bacon replacement, he just disappears. I, I think there is some excuse given. They don't they go off and do a they, they open a theme park or something. Yeah, is is the excuse why neither of them are in the next movie, but. Per, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty lame as yeah. far as, as that goes. But our investment was pretty minimal, I think, in yeah. Mr. Sawyer. But the setting, if we're going to have a movie that's not in perfection, I think this was probably the best for setting. Setting okay. in Mexico was was okay. I, I'm shocked, uh, really shocked, that for me, number three was Tremors, Shrieker Island. But I had a much better time with it, I think, than you did. Okay. And I... I would happily just on its own revisit at any time. And I think, you know, maybe if Tremors didn't exist, then this might be one of the highlights of the series. But I don't know if my my love of Westerns has gone out of control, (laughs) but for some reason, I enjoy Tremors for The Legend Begins. I just smile on my face through the whole thing. I know that there are problems with it. Yeah. Um, It's not like a full four, four or five star endorsement of this movie. But just from the enjoyment I got and the chance for Michael Gross to do something different than he's asked to do in any of the other movies and to see some character development and see this rejection turning into perfection. Right. Uh, I, I guess I'm a sucker for it. And that's why it's number two, Tremors for The Legend Begins. But yes, and we revealed it at the beginning of the show, Tremors. <laughs> Shockingly is the best of the Tremors franchise. So to me it was kind of there's Tremors and there's six other movies that are competing for spots two to seven and we both put it number one, hey? It's almost like it could be one of the best movies of the nineties. Well if wait horror movies for nineteen ninety, sure, I'll go with you on that one. Just nineteen ninety? No. Uh look, we're not gonna go seven for seven. No. I don't think we're gonna scrap. It's funny that we have a couple of significant differences, but whatever. I, yeah. I think you're right. After the bottom two, it gets kind of highly personal in a way. Like, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. works for you, what doesn't. 
I did put Bloodlines dead last. Yeah. There is a prolonged sequence we keep going back to with Bird in a Cage that just is nowhere near as funny as it thinks it is. And there's something about something that thinks it's hilarious and it's not that becomes really fucking hard to look at. Like, it's sad. Yeah, it really pisses me off. And the few things that it does right become wasted opportunities in the movie. It's like close enough to being a good movie that it starts pissing me off at times. And then, you know, Jamie Kennedy comes in and lets out one of his zingers and takes me out of the movie. He's he's neither charming nor, you know, effective nor like there's just he doesn't bring anything to the table. So I had to put Bloodlines last. Mm-hmm. In a just world, maybe technically speaking, Cold Day in Hell might, could take that proud position of the bottom. But again, I I was appalled into gales of laughter at the <laughs> abject ignorance of Canada. And, and not just that they were ignorant about it, but that they were banking that every single person that watched the movie knew nothing nothing about Canada uh, like that alone is funny and then the slow motion and then just the really obvious character beats and are just like wow you guys this is this is by the numbers to a kind of ludicrous degree but I did laugh whereas in Bloodlines I didn't even laugh I just sort of stared at it aghast mm-hmm. it was like so bad that it made me question my whole <laughs> relationship with yeah. Tremors and whereas Cold Day in Hell was just like it had this holy shit factor to it it's hard to put your finger on and again this is not the type of movie that I seek out some people really love a so bad it's a good movie and if you're one of those people well check out Cold Day in Hell but like uh if you're a person that likes Tremors movies, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh-huh. Maybe not. All the way in, I guess this would be fifth place, uh-huh. is where I put The Legend Begins. Uh-huh. And again, it's I still put this on the positive side of the, of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, again, sure, check out these four of the Tremors, or five of the Tremors, <laughs> Tremors franchise, if you're into what we're talking about. They're dumb fun, and this is dumb fun. But this one, I felt constantly like I was ahead of, and more so than some of the other ones, flaws and all. It was the closest where I felt to being bored at times. Mm-hmm. It's just how I feel. Plus, I have something personal about Billy Drago, apparently. There's something about I that guy so. that pisses me off. I don't know well, what Like He's is. not in the movie long enough to, to spoil the meal completely. No, but... no. And he's he, uh, he's been way worse in other movies. Yeah. Like He's not terrible in this one. He's it's a just... cartoon in it, and... He yeah. does what's asked of him, but I don't know. So I wasn't super excited about that, but I wasn't super excited about Back to Perfection, <laughs> which made fourth place. Um, and, you know, a lot of the same pluses and minuses. They're trying to do fan service to people who love the original movie, so it's hard to hate it for that. But you're constantly reminded of that other better movie, which is also hurting this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the Ass Blasters was never my oh, favorite. Yeah. So... Um, there it was. All the way in third place uh, was where I put Shrieker Island. And uh, I think that's where you put yeah, it as I well. Did as well so, yeah. um, I still think you probably liked it more than I do, but we ended up ranking it in the same place on mm-hmm. the grid, which says something. Yeah. Um, again, it, it felt like they took risks in a way yeah. that they hadn't taken risks in the other ones or in a way that actually paid off. Whereas in the other ones, maybe that they, if they did take risks, they were kind of in the wrong direction. So I appreciate the guts of the movie, and um, 
I'm curious to see where we go going forward. My guess is that they'll probably go the direction of the reboot. You're right. Yeah, but um, maybe. that seems to be intuitively the right way to go. Like, why resurrect them just to end the series again? But who knows? If we have another movie and the first scene is his hand coming out of the grave. Yeah. Be like, oh, oh dear. Don't, or don't. climbing out of the gore of the debris or whatever. Yeah, uh, I hope not. Of all of the Tremors sequels, the one that I increased in liking the most, I think, upon revisiting was Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Mm -hmm. But I'll drop the caveat that I watched it with my kids mm -hmm. and they both loved it. Mm -hmm. So the energy of that yeah. in the room probably fed into the experience of it. But again, I think almost as good as the first movie, this movie makes the best use of the Michael Gross character. Burt Gummer is at his most gummery mm -hmm. in this movie. And uh, I think we knew who he was in the first movie. This kind of makes him into a proper hero. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess he kind of, he earns the step into the leading role for his play in, in the second movie. And though I would have loved to see Kevin Bacon, it's always nice to have Fred Ward in your movie. Mm -hmm. I've seen Fred Ward in terrible movies. He's like in one of the Crow sequels. Oh, he yeah. He did one of the yeah, Crow sequels. Right. And I remember like, even though I was like, you're kind of embarrassed to be in this Crow movie. But you know what? You don't suck no, <laughs> in this he, Crow movie. He gives it his all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. So I'm affectionate towards him. But yeah, what was going to be number one? Huh? What was going to be? Of course. It really is up there like when people ask me like do you have a favorite movie my my usual counter argument is can we go by genre can we like narrow the field yeah, like a little a bit question. like would you can't just hit me with that tremors is in the conversation yeah not that it's like better than the shawshank redemption or like you know a lot of these other great classic important movies that i value but it's right next to my heart. It's just what I want out of my kind of fun horror escapist mm -hmm. entertainment. When I don't want to be devastated, but I don't want to necessarily have to think too much. I want to have fun, but I want there to be stakes. It's just, I can come back to it. It's number one. And who knows how long Tremors will go on. Maybe it will outlive me. But as far as I'm concerned, it will always be number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And it was the second best 1990s yeah. horror movie. Correct. Very different than The Blair Witch Project, That's which is right. your number one. But The Blair Witch Project kept me up at mm -hmm. night a couple times. Yeah. Whereas, as much as I love Tremors, I don't think I lost any yeah. sleep over it. But you should have laughed at me when I put uh, Blair Witch Project as number 30. 30 yeah. Yeah. At least it was on your list. It was on the list. <laughs> yeah. Tremors didn't make the list. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I have to look at that list again. But I, still, right. I every time I watch Tremors, I like it more and more. Yeah. And the stuff that used to bother me. But I still go back to that initial time watching it, not knowing anything about it. Watching it on television. It wasn't edited for TV, which was nice. nice. And like... Wow, this is a really entertaining, and this is actually kind of horrific too. I mean, it's not—they're not pulling punches. I thought it was going to be some sort of a light thing because Reba McIntyre and the dad from Family Ties was in there. No, and Kevin Bacon, who I'd become a fan of through a bunch of roles he had in the '90s at that time. Wow, 
Like this is this is pretty good. And um, but then when I started to look at it as a critic, I think I was just looking for stuff to be hard on and just didn't enjoy the experience. And Tremors, all of these, I think you just can have a good time with. Just five of them are good and two of them are bad. Yeah. Well, and one one's much much better than. And these are movies; they're not films. Uh, but the thing is, yeah. is that the movies, the things I tend to revisit are movies. Mm-hmm. I I can sit here and say Mystic River, that's a great movie. I don't think I ever want to watch it again. But you know, it was a really well acted, you know, compelling, heartbreaking story. But I'll watch Tremors on a whim. Somebody, like, I get introduced to somebody or someone gets married into the family or something like that. We're hanging out and I happen to find out they haven't seen Tremors. I'm going to make it a fucking mission. I'm yeah, going to we'll fix watch that. Tremors, yeah. I will fix that for you this very night if no. we can make it work. Like I, <laughs> so, you yeah. just got married into the family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now forget about your honeymoon. This we're is, watching Tremors. This first. is a rite of passage. Yeah. Okay, so we're yeah. going to have it. <laughs> Thank you for being here for the 200th episode. Well, thank episode. you and congratulations on 200 episodes. And thank you. I, I look forward to the next 200. <laughs> well, we're going to take a hiatus. Yeah. I want to produce some episodes. I want to have uh, some in-person interviews, high-quality content, high-quality, you know, mm-hmm. being able to hear it. And I, I want to, so when I come back for the next season, be in a confident, good place. Yeah. Less solo shows, more classic R&R. Yeah. And I'm certain that we're going to hear more from Mr. Dubray. And do check out that shelf-shutting movie show. I always try to mention it every show. Sometimes I forget. I apologize. But but we're here for you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. It's happening soon. Yeah. And I've, I've been struggling lately to have... Uh, I, I'm starting a series of solo shows right now. Right. So I'm kind of feeling the pain that you have been going through the last while. Yeah. Um, and I did had to do a little bit of a hiatus as well to try to get some more episodes together. So we'll see what happens. But as far as uh, we're recording this at the start of October. And so I'm going to do some solo shows about 31 Days of Horror. I'm trying to see movie horror movies I've never seen before. Right. And also play uh, this game that uh, Scott Lehman has... <laughs> Created. I don't know how many years he's done this, but oh, Halloween is like Christmas, his birthday, and New Year's all wrapped up into one box for him. <laughs> he just loves it. Um, well, yeah. Thanks again, and um, listen to the Shelf Shutting Movie Show. We're gonna go. This, this is the end of season eight of Rank and Review. It might be twenty twenty two before we get new episodes. So, uh, in the interim, the Shelf Shutting Movie Show, kids. Thank you so much, as ever, for listening to Ranking Review. This is your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons. And know that the Tremors franchise is a very near and dear thing to my heart, especially that first motion picture. So yeah, I usually say that I drop every other Wednesday, but I think it may be 2022 before we hear new episodes of Rank and Review. There's a whole bunch of reasons for that, but uh, largely, I want to bank some episodes. I want high quality as far as the recording quality episodes for you guys to listen to, and uh, I just want to I want to be prepared with a nice, good slate of podcasts for you when I come back. And I am wheels are turning on this right now. In your future, 
we've got the return of fan favorite Mr. Matthew Risling to the podcast. We're going to talk about the Hellraiser franchise. We're going to talk about some more Star Wars films. We're going to talk about more Marvel movies. And uh, there's a lot of interesting things moving forward. I have a lot of plans in the works. I'm just going to ask you guys to give me a little time to bring those plans to fruition. I can't believe that I've made it to 200 episodes. I'm incredibly grateful to everyone and anyone who listens to the show, who talks about the show, who mentions the show to the friends, who shares the show with other people. By listening to my show, you're my friend. We'll see you in a few months, people. And thank you, as always, for listening to Rankin Review.